0: It's the Super Bowl was more than a week ago. Oh, my gosh. It's time to catch up on the NBA, Steve Fezzik. How's that coming? It's coming. No. Yes. Come on. How much time have you put in the NBA? Eight hours. Okay, this season. How much this week? (laughs) Seven hours. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So you've got a few observations. I do. Luckily, and listen, I, I want to just say this right off the bat. I'm not judging that you haven't, you know, done what you're supposed to do. Others may. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I can compensate. Let's just say this. I've got an insight on the Utah Jazz, and they're playing oh, tonight. So uh, we're taping on Wednesday here at the Pregame.com offices. And we're going to probably spend half the time on the NFL, half the time on the NBA. But I got one of my best. And this is almost like the Ramadan feast in level of insight, I think. It, it's even bigger than that. I think we can... What? Feast. I yeah. love that. I, I think we can feed off of this. <laughs> <laughs> we won't have to fast when it comes to the Jazz. Also, the quarterback, I like to call it... Musical chairs, and some team is going to be stuck without a chair or a quarterback in this case. But Fez, you're going to talk about why you think letting Tom Brady and what the Bucks did to be a guide is a mistake, and you've got a best bet on uh, Super a Bowl. future odds, okay? Super Bowl, wow! And starting next week, by the way. And I don't even know what this league is. There's some college football going on, right?
1: Yeah, the FCS, formerly the Division I AA.
0: I got to be honest with you. It doesn't take a marketing genius (laughs) to understand that it takes a lot of brand equity for people to remember an acronym. Well, I guess officially it's not an acronym. An acronym is when there's a series of letters that are representative of the first letters of words, that becomes a word. NASA is an acronym. CFC isn't, right? So, like, MOTS is an (laughs) acronym. More the same. But that's not a word.
1: That company in War Dogs, that was just three random letters, right?
0: Oh God! You've seen a new movie, so right. this this will be like one one third of your But it movies. was on point, right? I don't I don't even remember what was, was the. It was uh, like A E Y, and there. You're making my point. Yeah. You can't remember it. Yeah. Right. But one double A, and plus that's hashtag one AA is awesome. Like, you can't do better than one AA. Who, whoever made that decision, they should sue them. I agree. But it's done. I had lawyer read. I don't have lawyer in force. But it's not quite like that. <laughs> but the FCS, you have a hankering or an inkling that you're gonna, there's going to be some opportunities. Yes. It just is going to require you to do your work before the pot, not after the pot. That is correct. Can we make a commitment? Absolutely. We can. But we're going to penalize you. Here's what we'll do. You will tweet out a best bet, a best bet level play, but don't go to his Twitter. I will retweet it with something wry in the area where you can quote, you know, and say something before the retweet. And that way, we don't want people going to Fezzik Sports at Twitter necessarily because he held something back from us. I mean, I'm in the same boat as you. I want it. The odds are out, right? Yes, they are. So, like, I could see if, like, well, the odds aren't coming out till Friday. What's the point? Well, the point, we record the part on Wednesday, but... The fact they're out already, so you're saying all the value's getting gobbled up.
1: It is, and I got to tell you, these lines move. Whoa,
0: whoa! You're changing the subject. No, it's on. Oh. You said the lines we're are gonna... changing the subject from the fact of how egregious it was that this wasn't done. So, you must have done like some massive work in the NFL, like a deep study that you're going to unveil today. I got some good stuff. No, 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 A deep study, like something you could have handed in as a dissertation. No, that's not going to happen. Okay. So you were, you said, you know, for about mm, five months, you worked four out of five days during the week, you needed a, some time off.
1: Just, you know, just yes. you time. Yes.
0: Fezzy time.
1: I needed Fezzy time. <laughs> but I do want to say... In terms of you, you you, referenced the line moves, get to it before the line moves. This is the wild, wild west here. This, These games, you look, there's been one game so one far. One double
0: A, we're talking? There's,
1: yes, there's been one game. Or FCS. The FCS, all right. Tarlington State, McNeese State.
0: Total open. Whoa, 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 whoa. Tarlington State? Yes, since okay. Stevensville, Texas. I've been doing this a long time. I've never heard of Tarlington State. <laughs> Have you heard of that, Mackenzie? Never. By the way, we also have Dave Esler with a pick that I actually disagree with. And that is rare. Mm. Rare. He's going to be out, uh, I think he said, the first week in March. How come he didn't let me know? He's not particularly fine to you? <laughs> hmm. But but we'll have that later. And... um. Yeah, he had COVID. So, in theory, he's good. Again, I don't, I'm do not i not a doctor. We had a time shift. We started talking about Doogie Howser, MD. And it didn't go... It went, what, about 12 minutes, McKenzie? Yeah, 5 uh, less than that, 5, 10 minutes. No, it was more than 5. I think it was 12. But let's not get caught up in that <laughs> right now. We moved it to the back. Fez, though somehow admitted, and I'll just tease this, that he watched Doogie Howser, M.D., and he didn't know who Wanda was, who was Doogie's girlfriend, who was like a model, you know, a a model that was age-appropriate for Doogie, but a model nonetheless. But somehow, Fezzik didn't have any recollection. Kind of reminds me of when Woody Allen and Take the Money and Run which I think was his second movie, he was posing, as he was a con man posing as a musician, a classical musician. And in a voiceover, he goes, but I think the gig was up when five minutes into the conversation, she asked me what I thought of Mozart, and I couldn't place the name.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think equally suspicious is not remembering Wanda. Now, maybe the name... You wouldn't have remembered. But how many shows did you watch? I mean, I don't want to get caught back up, but how many shows did you watch as a as a 15 year old? Like you weren't a big TV guy. Yeah, no,
1: Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley, you yeah. know, Three's Company, maybe three others, MASH, Hill Street Blues, a couple others.
0: So you were watching Hill Street Blues as a 15 year old? I think it started in eighty three. Yeah. That one I think you're pump, making things up. I think
1: I'm making that one up.
0: Trying to act like you're... Like you heard those names you were rattling off and thinking, Average IQ 86, Average IQ... And then it was like, I got to sound smart. Mm-hmm. Like I bet you, you could even maybe say sane Elsewhere, though you didn't really watch that, I'm sure. I didn't. Nah. Because you're just like young boy doctors.
1: And Columbo, greatest American hero.
0: Yeah. That's interesting. You would watch Doogie Hauser, but not... Saying elsewhere. Yeah. So you like underage boy doctors?
3: Yes. <laughs> I mean, does that seem weird? It was like an admission
0: too, right? Yes. yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm not judging.
1: Uh, uh uh acid flashback acid acid trip or uh uh, uh...
0: <laughs> I mean, but the truth eventually came out. All right. Somehow we – now that was five minutes, McKenzie. (laughs) Showtime! Woo! Okay. What we know for sure in the NFL is quarterback is king, and that's been the case for a long time. For me, the demarcator is the first full season, not counting the season of the lockout. Uh, Was that 12, right, McKenzie? 11 was the lockout year? Yes, exactly. All right. So to me, that's a because the 11 was affected by the lockout. So you say, okay, that's different from 12 on is where I call the modern era in that entire time. Quarterback has been king. I think what we're seeing this offseason has ramped that up in a way above and beyond.
1: Yeah, chasing the quarterback has become, I I think, not only has become the trend, but I think it's going to be magnified even further because Tampa Bay successfully chased the quarterback and just won the Super Bowl title.
0: Okay. To me, to go from Winston to Brady didn't take a genius. Who wouldn't have done that? Yeah, right? right. So, what's different? I think what's different. Now, I do think you've got a good point, which is what Tampa did with Brady or what Brady did with Tampa is not easily replicated. So, why don't we explain uh, again? It's not, and it's not because of how great Brady is. Yeah, it's because
1: essentially Tampa was able through free agency to get what turned out to be a top 10 quarterback. And let's face it, Top ten quarterbacks don't wind up in free agency because they're in such demand a team is either gonna, you know, lock them up
0: or a team's gonna trade them. They're never gonna suddenly Well, when yeah. But really, we haven't seen them traded, have we? No, we haven't. I mean, let, let's think about this. Peyton Manning coming off a major injury with Andrew Luck, the best prospect since John Owen. Mm-mm. Um, Drew Brees, but he was hurt. He Mm. couldn't pass a Miami physical and cousins. Is there any other ones elite in the modern era? No. So it's literally, they're not on the market and, and let's be candid. You had Tom Brady ranked where in the preseason 19th. So you didn't think they were getting, and where did you have Winston?
1: I had him right with Brady. just below him.
0: You sure it wasn't above him?
1: I'm not certain of that.
0: Well, look, I'm sure you've got your archive, right? I don't have my archive on me. You don't have your opening quarterback? You should should probably have the openers, right? I don't have it. I understand, but I think you put that in the mix. But... It was—you didn't think it was an upgrade. I did not. And you were thinking—you were fading Tampa every chance you got.
1: I thought it was the classic example of the hype team and all the money came on them and that they— I did, too. Yeah, I really really thought it was— the perfect storm of Brady's going to hit the cliff like every other old quarterback ever did when he went on the wrong side of 40. Even Brett Favre, who was great at 40 and terrible at 41 and Mm -hmm. and the like. And
0: And, and Manning was earlier than that, younger than that, but still there was a cliff.
1: And I I think about Kenny Stabler just completely crashing and burning.
0: And I think he was 31. (laughs) Yes. But, again, when you smoke in the middle of the game, it slows you down a little bit. All right. Now the funny thing is, we were giving him on straight out of Vegas fads. We were giving him so much heat about the night team with Brady. And then we said, Well, where do you got him coming into next year? And you answered Twelfth. And I said, Twelfth. So not much better than you had him. And your retort was
1: Oh, it's gonna be a year older. He's gonna be forty-four now, well, RJ. You,
0: you just stepped on your joke. It was so much better when you said, He goes, <laughs> he goes. But he's gonna be 44. Like, you don't want to get people doing computations in their head when you do jokes. Like, think, there's usually not math in jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need, I think, one joke an hour. Under. Well, one funny joke is way under, but I think <laughs> one attempt an hour. But all joke aside, can you think of one joke that has math in it? No. So why did you add math to your joke? I shouldn't have. Yes. See, it was that's the, that shows you how much of a fluke it was. Because <laughs> I mean, think about it. Is you couldn't even replicate. I I said Feds. Yeah. That, that's the funniest you've ever been. And it was by accident. Oh, for sure. But even but you wouldn't think you would just do it verbatim. But that makes me, to be honest, you've been you've had a couple of kind of real like shockingly funny things. And I'm thinking, is he somehow at an advanced age, gotten funny? And now I feel better that you haven't because listen, I would like to laugh more. I mean, I'm not saying I don't want to laugh. It's just, it would cause me to question my basic assumptions about so much, but now we don't have to worry about that. One game. If we played them 10 times, they might win nine. Nine. But not this game. Not tonight. And you should we should play that before every joke. Of yours. Yes. <laughs> it's like hold on. We've got a we've got a trend one shot coming. <laughs> All right. The free agent quarterback not being available of that wasn't damaged goods or Past expiration date, that's one. But there's more than that, right? There's two. He was a culture changer in a way that maybe no other quarterback could be.
1: And I really underestimated that the the fact that Brady's breaking all the COVID rules, going out to the park, working with his receivers, yeah, you know, bringing that uh, commitment to practice yeah, and commitment. To I also yeah.
0: think just belief, you know, just believing yeah. you can do it is half the battle. Yeah, oftentimes,
1: and you win the. The NFC and guy guys crying and Brady's like, "What the hell are you doing?" You know, we yeah. got a game,
0: we got to win this Super Bowl. Yeah, and I think a third element that was kind of not re- or not kind of not repeatable is the free agent draw. Now, any good quarterback who had a choice of teams, let's say, would probably go to a team that had the other elements. Um needed to win as in place as possible, like, you know, the Colts. For Like, if Brady were a free agent this year, maybe he goes to the Colts. If there was a Brady number two, Mm -hmm. right? If Brady number one was already there. So, but even so, the Super Bowl itself, when you look at Antonio Brown, you look at Fournette, you look at Gronk, you look at Brady, I think that's every score, right? Yes. Even the kicker, even Ryan
3: Suckup was a new guy. That's
0: a good point. So, to me, it's not repeatable. But what is different, even in the modern era, is that a team like the Rams, and to me, the Rams are the prototypical example of something has changed. Jared Goff... Did we, Mackenzie, did we get that number on how golf did like through week eight, nine or 10? Yeah. Through uh, week 13, he would have been
3: the 20th best quarterback.
0: Okay. I, I certainly don't want through week 13. So, um, kind of give me through week eight because my guess is he was significantly better because he only had like one bad PFF game the entire first half of the year. And in the second half, he had like one good one. It was like a real change.
3: Week eight, he had a 12 QBR against the Dolphins. So before that, his
0: average QBR was 68. Which which, which would put him where?
3: Let's see.
0: All right, so as we're getting that, I think, Fez, you got golf at 25. I, I think that's that's way too bad. That's way too uh, high, I guess. Well, I guess low. Would uh, have been 13th in the league. Yeah, so the half a season, he was the 13th best quarterback in the league. And Carson Wentz. You've got a 20. Uh, again, pedigree, we can debate it. But tell me a time a quarterback as good as golf, and let's again, let's say maybe he's 22nd instead of 25th, but all right. When has a team, you know, to me, he's Andy Dalton.
1: Yeah, that's, and you brought that up on SOV, and I think that's a great comparison other than the obvious age differences yeah but
0: but when the Bengals decided to keep bringing him back and paying him big money it was like in a way you could say hey it could be worse right but in another hand you could say you're not going to win the Super Bowl with Andy Dalton or a playoff game or well I mean as history said but let's not be so results-oriented so McVay at a certain point decided he couldn't win a Super Bowl even though they got lit- – I mean, think about that. This would be like Annie Dalton. If Annie Dalton went to the big game or the Super Bowl and and literally only lost by 10 points. Mm-hmm. When's a quarterback ever been jettisoned at such a – when he wasn't old after making the Super Bowl like that within two years? Maybe never? Mm-hmm. I mean, we could say Nick Foles, but Nick Foles, yeah, I mean, they had a franchise quarterback. Mm -hmm. And again, remember, Nick Foles is the flying ointment of how great the quarterback needs to be. But I actually figured out how to say it in a way I think that works. Nick Foles played, in my opinion, probably one of the five best games of quarterback in the Super Bowl in its history, in the game's history. We can debate it, but I think he's top 10 for sure. Right. And what have we had? 110 Super Bowl oh, quarterbacks, right? 55 yes. times two. So he's in the top 10%, Garen F. And So the question is can your quarterback play that well for a series of games? Because, you know, multiple playoff games. Nick Foles could, even though we might not have expected that, he somehow did. No other quarterback, you know, who's the worst quarterback? And let's say Brad Johnson, and and um, I'm having a blog on the uh, oh Dilfer, yeah, yeah sure. uh, for the Ravens, is Flacco. No, no, but I'm talking about Dilfer for the Ravens. Yeah. So to me, if we go from post Dilfer and Johnson, right, which I think were in successive years, we're talking what 2004 maybe or five, five, so 15, 16 years. Who's the worst quarterbacks to win it? All right, so we have Nick Foles off to the side because he wasn't bad in that series of games. But then I think you said Flacco. Peyton Manning. Well, but... Eh. Mm. Asterisk. Well, no. I Listen, I said it at the time, and I think what we... Remember, Brady didn't play that well in the playoffs. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I would make the case against the Saints and the Packers... What was his QBR those two games? And he'll pull that up, is, to me, Brady was probably equally influential. Now, listen, Peyton Manning was potentially a negative, right? Though he did in that very key third and six play where he threw short. I I still remember the play. It was a little running back out of the backfield to the left side. And it's like those are the plays that someone who – hasn't been there, that isn't Peyton Manning, doesn't make. Mm-hmm. Now, if they had a young Peyton Manning, they would have won easily, right? If they um, if they had a uh, even uh, a ta- uh, the 10th best quarterback in the league, that Denver team probably wins it more easily. Remember, Brady, or I'm sorry, Manning to some degree got benched for Osweiler because he got hurt, but they kept him out longer than they needed mm-hmm. to. What was his QBR, Seventy five versus the Packers, seventy six versus the Saints. Oh, that's bad. Boy, three interceptions in a seventy-six. Isn't that the beauty of QBR though? Like no, it looks at the I don't situation. Think it is. But what except what, those
3: interceptions didn't matter? Well, if it's third and ten, it's like if you look at EPA, for example, it's barely a negative to throw a pick on third and ten. Yeah, if you throw a forty yard pick. Yeah, it's a slight negative, but it's almost a punt. A forty yard pick. Yeah. His were his were like twenty.
0: So bad, but you know, didn't change the game. Really? So what? Why? I mean, now that you've gotten into it, see, here's the thing. You and Mackenzie have a lot in common, fed We do. I mean, it's, it, and it's not good.
1: Oh,
0: uh, <laughs> is. I mean, one, he went to a much, much, much better school than you did. No doubt. But whenever. I'm the very youthful-looking parent here because somehow, some way, whenever I give affirmation, it's, gar- it's the best bet you're ever going to make that some ego-driven screw-up is within 10 minutes. It's not 10 days. It's, just, it's coming <laughs> within 10 minutes. I mean, the question is, am I going to be forced never to give affirmation? <laughs> Only you guys can decide that. But, but you
4: need to understand it is not a gamble. It is a calculated risk.
0: Probably not worth it. But anyway, I'm letting McKenzie come out and be at the table for the NBA talk. And he's been strutting around like a peacock ever since. So maybe I should pull it back and let him just stew in it for a week. You know, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna flip a coin. <laughs> this would be like, uh, this would be like "No Country for Old Men" kind of thing, but not quite as serious. All right, so I think we can agree, Peyton Manning being a debate that we've had. Super League quarterbacks win Super Bowls. Yes. At a certain point, Jared Goff was deemed to be not that level of quarterback. And the Rams got rid of him in a way that is without precedent because it wasn't just saying we're moving on. It was literally giving up a first-round draft choice effectively to take the contract. When has a team ever done that? With a quarterback that was like, what was he? He was the top pick in the draft, right? And Wentz went second? That's right. Yeah. So... The number one pick in the freaking draft that you trade like, four picks to get. And then you choose to pay him a monster contract. And then you have to give at least a first-round pick to get rid of him. Also, he doesn't quarterback. <laughs> and he's probably, like, right around the 20th best quarterback in the league. Or 25th in your rankings, which, again, I don't agree with that. But okay. Can we think of an analog to this? No. And I can I can think back
1: in history to like look look at the Bengals when Boomer Esiason made the Super Bowl. He was a made man. You know, he yeah. was gonna be with Cincy, you know, for as long as he wanted to.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a good point. It's not like the Rams have, well, I guess they had the greatest show on turf, but been, that was, you know, 20 years before. So I think that Carson Wentz, though, you know, that seems to be driven by him. But I'll give you another example of this idea that if you want to win a Super Bowl, you got to get a good quarterback. And you know what? That means maybe a quarterback that's kind of comfortable and kind of like you can make the playoffs. Because remember, they just made the playoffs. Carson or um, Jared Goff just led the Rams to the playoffs. And... The year before, or two years before that, he led them to the Super Bowl. They said, no, thanks. He won a playoff game this year. Yeah, Beat Seattle off the point. bench. That's a good point. On the road. And then the idea without hurt hand, and he actually played well in the Green Bay game, yeah. considering his hand especially. And you could make a case on the coaching side, that's what Philadelphia did. They won the Super Bowl three years ago. One. He has a Lombardi And in less than 36 months, he's out the door. All for Carson Wentz, who then decided he didn't want to play there anymore. But I think the best example is the Miami Dolphins. I mean, Tua clearly played worse than Herbert, but he played eight games or whatever, right? Nine games. Yep. And some people all the way up to the end of the season were saying, yeah, I'm not sure who I would take, Herbert or Tua. It's like, here's the only response to that. But to think he's fallen from being comparable. Where do you have him in the rankings, Steve? 26 for Tua. And where's Herbert? 15. Oh, that, you're crazy. Herbert should be like nine. Who's 14? Murray. You're, you think Murray's better than
1: Herbert? I do.
0: No, you don't. Did you watch the games? Yes, I watched them all. Okay, and you think Murray's better than Murray her? Murray got hurt last year. Oh, so we can just wipe the year away?
1: No, but I've got a forecast based upon a healthy
0: Murray. Really, the five foot eight guy is going to be healthy most of the time. Well, that's a point. You think? You think that's why it was Pat Hayden and then <laughs> Russell Wilson and and Doug Flutie mm. and Russell Wilson's like three inches taller. Yes. He's actually – I heard he's going to – Murray's going to start the jump pass back. (laughs) (laughs) I mean – but anyway, Herbert – I mean, again, I'm going by what scout-level people say, and there's people saying literally things like this is the best prospect. Like, no one's been this advanced with the tools and the advancement of Herbert after year one – in 20 years. Like, really? Like, I'm not saying that's the consensus. I'm saying that's a professional scout saying that. So, what was his QBR, Herbert? 13th. And what was Murray? 14th. Oh, he was hurt, though. Yes. How many games was he hurt? He remember, three? Remember he was banged yeah, yeah, up? Three. Yeah, I he had three. had three games where
1: he didn't run at so all. So,
0: three-sixteenths of the time he didn't run in the average, like, 25 yards a game. So there's 75 yards. Yeah, that's a big deal. You want to respond? I'm being very sarcastic.
1: I don't know if he was fully healthy the rest of the year.
0: I think just the whole year we wipe away.
1: No, the second half.
0: It's kind of like the person that drank two beers two days before the SAT. <laughs> and it doesn't count. Well, that wouldn't matter. Well, <laughs> I wouldn't think him hurting his shoulder hmm. seven weeks ago really matters either. When he did, he even miss one game. I don't think he missed any. Didn't he miss the Rams game? He, he started that game. Played one series. Oh, that's right. Okay, that's right. I don't want to say I know football better than you, but okay. Watson's next team, Jets, the favorite, plus two fifty. Dolphins, three to one. But again, let's think about this. Tua was considered the best or second best quarterback in that draft behind Burrow. And there's debate if Tua was healthy who would have won first. Cuz there was the one it was one season. Burrow, you know, got beat out before. A lot of he, you know, a lot of reasonable and listen, I'm still not sure about Burrow. And we're not sure about his injury. But he was clearly the second best quarterback if not the best quarterback in the draft. He played and played – oh, what was his QBR? What was the rank? Uh, Tua was 26th. Okay. So he – and um, let's think about quarterback. Because, you know, what PFF has figured out is the first year is is almost not predictive. Now, not in the positive, meaning if you have a great year, Dan Marino-esque year – I guess what I'm saying is have we ever seen a team where a quarterback was passable, no pun intended? I mean, obviously you got a situation, you could make the case Arizona was the first to do this by using, I think, the number ten pick and then on Josh oh, Rosen. Rosen. And to move on from one year, I I thought it was a mistake. Because the O-line was so banged up for Arizona that year. And then used the number one pick. It's really not that different than two are going five. And then the idea of using like the, you know, next pick, because they got Houston's pick at three, right? So, but they're not only potentially doing that, who knows? But they're right in the, the second favor and the only two teams that aren't long shots, Jets and Dolphins, Deland Watson. That's another example of quarterback being so important, you can't wait. If you wait, you're wasting the season. Yes. Now, I don't want to say I told you so about Tua, all right? The bigger the hands, the better, obviously. You're talking about the difference between
4: Russell Wilson at 10 and a half inches.
0: I was at Russell's pro day and I said, did you see his hands? They're ginormous.
4: And Joe Burrow with his tiny minuscule baby doll hands Turns out, Joe Burrow needs to look for something else to do with his life.
0: I forgot. I thought Tua had the (laughs) spot. Still funny, though. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So now we go to this year. We talked about the Watson odds, Jets, Dolphins, then the Carolina Panthers. Now, when did these odds come out? These are from today. Really? Okay. Okay. Panthers made a big statement. They said three number ones. Well, you know, Carolina being third here, I thought they might have surged a little bit more than seven to one because obviously a big statement, and we talk about – we got some sound coming up from SOV. When we do it as well as we can, we're going to give you the best version. And we had a great conversation about a lot of the NFL stuff. But the McCaffrey and three number ones and David Temper, who I love, the owner of Carolina – he realizes, and this is something you see with really talented, successful people. They're impatient. Oh, Think about Obama, former President Obama. He was like 100 to 1 to win the Democratic nomination when he ran in 08. At the beginning. It, you can see it on YouTube. When he did his announcement, there was like... I don't know. I remember like 30 people gathered around mm. on the steps. It had something to do with Abraham Lincoln, where the, it was, but because remember the the I would say still the biggest political machine in the last 50 years has been the Clintons. I mean, you think about it. I mean, Reagan didn't have a political machine. He had coattails, but he didn't have a machine. Uh, Bush didn't have a machine, so I'm thinking of the two-term presidents. I mean, yeah, and Nixon certainly didn't, and Ford didn't. So you go back to 68, that's 52 years ago. Eh? So he went against the biggest, strongest, and most vindictive political machine, Obama, going against the Clintons, and he won. And you know what? If he had, You might say, well, R.J., he figured it was— he was going to stretch his legs. He was going to feel what it was like in the big leagues. And then, no, no, no. The Clintons are famous that, you you know, you try to hurt us, we're going to try to hurt you. Now, I don't know if they could have, you know, because obviously Obama had a lot of talent. He obviously spoke at the convention in 04, the keynote. But he said, I don't care. I'm ready. David Temper's saying, I know we signed Bridgewater for you know, what, four years? I think it was a four-year deal, but let's say an extended deal. Three-year deal. Three-year deal. One year in, he's saying for whatever the chance, let's say the Panthers is right at 7-1, to one, and let's say that it's even underestimating to take the VIG out and say 7-1 is the true odds, right? Mm-hmm. Would you really risk pissing off your two best players? Right? Who's the, or who's the two most important players on the Panthers as currently constituted?
1: So McCaffrey. Uh-huh. And oh,
0: so their wide receiver that you think he's more important than Bridgewater? Oh, no, no. So do you heard my question, right? Yes, Bridgewater. Okay. So literally <laughs> there's a 7 to 1 chance that you're going to get Watson and in exchange for that you're willing to, in theory piss off your two most important players. Wow. Right? Yeah. And you know what? Temper doesn't care because he's going to look at him in the eye and say, listen, my job's to win. Mm. Help me win. We're on the same team. Don't help me win. I'm going to send you somewhere else. You know what? We're still friends. You can come to me for a favor. And you're going to tell the billionaire what? <laughs> yes. That's how those guys act. I like it. I have so much optimism for Carolina, but it shows you how important the quarterback is that you Piss off your current quarterback because you know what? He ain't good enough to make us win a Super Bowl. You know what? That's what matters.
1: You know, that is really well said because there's no ceiling with Teddy Bridgewater, right? Well, there
0: is a ceiling.
1: Yeah, there is a ceiling. The ceiling is nine and seven, make the playoffs, lose
0: in the first round, right? Or maybe even get super lucky and go 11 and five, but you should have been 10 and six and you still aren't going to win, probably, right? So, Again, let's be candid. Bridgewater coming back from that injury and even being a competitive quarterback isn't quite the Alex Smith, but it's probably the second most impressive injury recovery in memory at quarterback.
1: Yeah, they talked about, you know, long. Career ender. Not just career ender, but is he going to walk normal,
0: you know? Bridgewater, you heard that? Right, yeah. Okay. So... I think unequivocally what we're seeing here is quarterbacks not only king, that the league is finally figuring out that having an average quarterback, especially on a second contract, oof, uh, an average quarterback on a rookie deal you can deal with maybe. And that's what Goff was when they took him to the Super Bowl, right? And they got there. But you pay him even, what's Bridgewater's money? 22 million Now that's a lot less than whence the monstrosity of his contract, but still at 22, you know, I know that, um, Trevor Lawrence is going to make 10, but my gut feeling is even the fifth. like what, what did two would make this year? The fifth pick I'm guessing like seven. So it's the difference between, let's say I'm right until we find out, seven, between 7 and 22 is a huge difference. Yeah, 7.6 for Tua. Yeah, so to me, you look at Golf and you're like, he's costing us, you know, 22 million or whatever, right? I know, I think him and Bridgewater, what, well, no, Golf was 27.8, 20, yeah. Looking at the notes here. And it was like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Would it cost us within reason? We got to get rid of them. I and mean, you know what? Temper's saying three first rounders and, you know, doesn't matter. Because by the way, they were in the Stafford, Carolina was, where they offered um, Teddy Bridgewater. And uh, what was that offer again? How many number ones was it? It was one number one, the number eight oh, pick. Oh, it was the eighth pick this yeah. year, mm. right? Which is much more valuable than some, un- sure. you know, and let's be honest, the Rams over under for drafting is what, next year, 25 and a half? It's a good number. Thanks, Steve. (laughs) And very kind. And so a lot of people thought that was the better package. but And then what, a fifth rounder? Yeah. So to me, they came out guns blazing there, and they're guns blazing here, and it speaks to your general thesis, Steve Fezzik, Quarterback is king squared, at least if you're sharp as a batter. Oh, you follow that squared? But I'm saying it as like two times as my, or you know, the power two. But then I did a spoof of no, no, no. I mean square, and then I did the antonym sharp. <laughs> Do you, you follow that? Yes. I don't think so. No, I think so. Did you like it? I did. But you didn't laugh, did you?
1: I didn't, but I was making there was sure there math
0: I was- involved. <laughs> You see? Mm -hmm. I made a joke that is about as funny as a math joke could be. You just said, the math isn't funny. Exactly. But you made it funny. I didn't, though. You didn't laugh. No. Even I couldn't do it. That should mean you shouldn't even try. I did all that at once. I didn't even know I was doing it. Or did I? And you know what else I did right before the show? Guitarist and founder of English rock band Led Zeppelin. You're not following? I
1: did not know they were English.
0: What do you think? Zeppelin was from upstate New York? I thought it was German. Oh, wow. Well. You've never been to Europe, have you? Never. Do you know the definition of the word Philistine? No. All right. That That's actually a good one, right? If you think about it, is if you don't know Philistine. No, no. <laughs> When's his next team odds? The Bears plus 125, Colts plus 150, Panthers in on that one, 5 to 1, Washington, 8 to 1. Now, by the way, Steve, you've got your five potential value teams coming up, right? Yes,
1: five potentially undervalued NFL teams.
0: Yeah. So let's do this. We've got our edit from the show today, and it was as good as any segment we've done, I think, in a month. Let's listen to that. That will wrap up the kind of the carousel, or as we're calling it, the musical chairs of the quarterbacks. Now, I'll add something to the Draymond Green discussion, which is tied in. Then we'll get your five potentially undervalued teams, and then we'll flip a coin to see if McKenzie gets to sit at the big boy table. Let's listen to the rest of the musical chairs.
4: We've got rumors and rumblings in the quarterback market around the NFL. What is the biggest lead here on this Wednesday?
0: Deshaun Watson, the Carolina Panthers. And it's an interesting story, but I'm going to connect some dots here that I haven't heard anyone else connect.
4: Yeah, and that according to uh, David Newton, who covers the Panthers for ESPN's NFL Nation, he said, quote, the Panthers will do whatever it takes to get Deshaun Watson, and that includes giving up three first-round picks and star running
0: back Christian McCaffrey. Okay, so here's the question. Why is this public? Jonas, when you look at the reporting on this, is it was this something that was like a press release was done on, or... Was there a sense of was this a Houston leak? Was this a Carolina leak? What did you say?
4: I mean, that's just the guy who covers them for ESPN. He covers the Panthers. And we don't have any
0: sense. We don't have any sense if he had someone tell him off the record, or he was kind of fed the story back channel.
4: Not sure. Yeah, okay. that's just what he was reporting on publicly.
0: I don't see any reason that this would be something that the Houston Texans would want public because all it does is put pressure on the Houston Texans to respond. If you hear, hey, someone's offering some uh, person X a job, and it's like, oh, okay, hmm. Yeah, they're offering $400,000 a year. Really? All of a sudden, it's a conversation. All of a sudden, when the offer is above what you might think is standard – All of a sudden, it's like that guy's got to maybe talk to his wife. That guy's got to – in general, I think David Temper, the owner of Carolina, who – and let's get this straight because we're going to be talking about him a lot over the next 5, 10 years, I'm sure. He is probably the best operator amongst the 32 owners because he cut his teeth and he rose to the top of a field, hedge funds, and we can get – uh, political about hedge funds. We can get ethical. We can talk spiritually. we can do a lot of things, right? We can talk about is you know, tax rate. But what we can't debate is how competitive hedge fund that field is. Literally, there's 25-year-old analysts that are making 2 or 3 million dollars a year in hedge funds and they're like the guy that doesn't even get or the gal that doesn't even get to t- say Mr. Temper how you doing when he walks by multiple millions these guys make you know 10 billion in a good you know 5 billion in a good year the level of competition it's the smartest of the smart that also have some type of mental illness not all of them i'm not saying he does that they work 70 hours a week There's that weirdest comment, and they got lucky. Like, that's who is Axe from Axe Capital, as depicted on Billions. And that's who Temper is, not necessarily the guy that's Axe. Amazingly, that's the dude that owns the Mets, supposedly, is the guy that Axe is based, Cone, based off of. But Temper, as successful as anyone in this field, he's got teams of people on this, and he started out, And it's my belief this is about putting pressure on the Texans, not just to potentially trade them, but trade Watson sooner. Because if you're Carolina and you want to take a step this year, remember they were very involved with the Lions and Stafford, And it was a situation where they were – my understanding is they offered the eighth pick in the draft, I think it is, for Stafford. And a lot of people think maybe they should have taken it because it was this year. But they were competitive and and aggressive there. They want another quarterback. They want Teddy Bridgewater to be a backup, which is probably his role. If you want to get, make the playoffs Bridgewater's probably not the quarterback to bring you to the playoffs. Not impossible. Where do you got him ranked fast? Number 17. And I would say I've got him higher than the market. Yes. Why? What? Because you bet against him twice when he was five and zero with the Saints. I think I bet against him it?
1: four times and went zero and four in his win streak. Then, yes.
0: <laughs> All right. At least you're honest. That's the starting point to fix it. <laughs> That's Steve Fezzik, I'm RJ Bow. So Jonas, do you? Uh, uh, does it make sense to you, as an aficionado of the media, that this wouldn't just come out for no reason? This was intentional. It was likely from the Carolina side. And it naturally feels like it is the intention is to put pressure on Houston.
4: Meaning to shake the tree of the Texans yes. to try and get him to to make the move. Yes. Um, I, I hadn't thought about that aspect of it. I don't think it's, I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility. It's
0: well, why, why, why else would it be out? I
4: think that there's, Carolina is trying to give the impression that they are being aggressive and really aggressive. And that's why, why would it come out afterwards that they offered up the eighth pick and Teddy Bridgewater to try and get Matt Stafford. It's like, that's the part I'm struggling with. And I don't know that it's to to get Houston to make a move because it feels like that would just up the offers around the league towards the Texans or, and, and to me, that's, I don't know how that would benefit Carolina.
0: See, that's the thing. I think it's, and this is a great conversation because I think that what we know for sure is it's good. If they do trade them, it will be a mother load that they get back and it will be hyper competitive. Right. So if you know that anyway, get the thing started. It strikes me. And I think it gets Watson, it strengthens his resolve because let's be honest, if you, if you got a five year horizon, how many teams do you have back in Napkin, Fez? And maybe I'll ask it and give you a minute on it. What I'm going to ask you, I'm, I'll ask Jonas, is how many teams would you put ahead of the Panthers with a five-year horizon amongst teams that don't have a clear starting quarterback that is not going to be displaced, right? The, you know, Obviously, the Steelers have you know Big Ben in theory starting, but he's getting displaced. Father time is coming in and saying rent's due and but even Miami they've got a starter but Tua is shaky but there's certain places like the Rams aren't looking for a starter right now right so the cow- now the Cowboys yes so I think unless it's clearly they've got their quarterback let's open it up to that Watson could replace them I would put Caroline in the top five with a five-year horizon I love the coach. I love the owner. I love everything they're doing. They got Brady as OC. I mean, what do you think, Jonas? Who, who's a hat? Uh, oh, you got your list fast. Yes, I. Go ahead. I've got six teams. So Kansas City. All right. So you think Mahomes is going to get displaced? No. Then why would you say Kansas City? We only want teams that don't have a rock solid starter. Oh, because because really, if you think about it, Watson isn't yeah, right. He's a quarterback. Jones. What do you got?
4: I would put him in the top five. It's too hard to tell what, what, quarterback is going to be there. Obviously it would be an easier question to answer if we knew, okay, they've got Watson or they've committed to Bridgewater because you know, that's where their commitment level is at. I think well, where this it's is not, a,
0: you mean with Bridgewater? Yeah.
4: And and I think this is a critical off season towards looking at their future because if they land Watson or they, they go and get a quarterback in the draft and they're clearly in the market, obviously for a quarterback upgrade, if that's the case and they find the right guy, there's a lot there that you got to like similar to what was happening in San Francisco. And I think a lot of it goes back to, and we talked about it at the time, when they gave Matt rule that long contract Mm -hmm. and basically said, you're our guy. And they outbid for him because there were other teams out there that wanted Matt rule as well. And they said, you're our guy. And we'll even give you extra years to figure this thing out. I think they put the plan in place at that moment.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. And if you really think about it, and you look through – if you look at 20-year-type horizons, the ownership is as important as anything. Think about it. Patriots, great ownership. Steelers, great ownership. The teams that win, win, and win, that seems to be the common theme. Who do you got? So let's be clear. Let's set the question up. If you're Watson, you're looking at Carolina and thinking, hmm, I like a lot about this if he has a five-year horizon to win a Super Bowl amongst the teams that could possibly want Watson because they don't have a quarterback like Kansas City does, how many do you put above Carolina? Five teams. Go ahead. San Francisco, Miami,
1: New England, Washington, Indy.
0: Okay. Okay. I can agree with Indy. I think Washington has the worst owner. Or one mm-hmm. of the worst owners, I, who knows what he's going to do at any given time? Are you really going to go and be under the thumb of Daniel Snyder yeah, if you have a, great a choice? Point, yeah. All right. So let's eliminate them. San Fran, I think it's fair to say. I. What about Miami? I, I mean, they just spent the fifth pick in the draft on a quarterback that he'd be displacing. How? How is? How is Miami if you get? If you assume Tua isn't worth very much. And I'm not saying we've gotten there yet, but if you assume that what's so special about Miami, I think the trend line. Well, because because of Tua. Oh, I don't think it's Tua. Well, I don't know. I don't, I I mean, to me, that's a debatable one. And who's your other ones? New England. I see. I don't agree. Listen, no one loves Belichick more than me. The guy's almost 70 years (laughs) old. Right. And I would say you could make the case right now maybe one of the bottom five or seven talent-level rosters. You look at that. Listen, they've been picking at the end of their first round now for a long time. Who's the blue chippers right now? I mean, Gilmore's at the end of the road. Who's the blue chippers on the Patriots?
1: Yeah, are they going to get back Hightower? You know, some of the COVID guys. But even if they do,
0: I mean, he's he's past 30. Yes. So, to me, if you were looking for a one-year result – Maybe, Mm. But I don't know if Belichick's there in four years. So, really, we're down to like a handful of teams. Yes. And Carolina is officially in the battle. And don't forget, Watson is probably a what? Three, four-point upgrade from Bridgewater? Three. Three. Think about that. That's 45 points or 48 points over a season. How many wins is that? One and a third. One and a third. So just by signing Watson, they would have an additional win and a third. That's the way you make the playoffs. When we come back, we're talking Carson Wentz and how everyone's wrong about the trades they're talking about. Yeah, we're going to connect the dots from Draymond Green to Carson Wentz to Deshaun Watson to the Pope. No, 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 not the Pope. <laughs> but the other ones we're connecting, and I think in a pretty profound way, great day to join us this is the fastest growing show on fox sports radio audiences doubled in the last year plus and we thank you so much for the support and we'll keep working extra hard to deliver more winners for you (laughs) you can listen on the iheart radio app just search for straight out of vegas right here in vegas on the strip 58 degrees the neon is chugging
4: So, RJ, we do this show obviously live here from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio studios called Farmers Today for a quote, and there was a report out earlier today from Les Bowen of the Philadelphia Inquirer that said the following, that he spoke with NFL management source, not from the Eagles, about the Carson Wentz issue, and that his viewpoint is that if Wentz doesn't want the Bears, then the Bears aren't going to trade for him, and eventually the Eagles will have to take whatever the Indianapolis Colts are offering.
0: Okay, so it's my understanding that there's only three players in the NFL that have a no-trade clause: Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, and
3: Jimmy G- Graham of all people.
0: Jimmy Graham. Hmm. Hey, give the, give him credit, <laughs> right? Okay, so let's think of the premise of Jonas's setup, and don't forget. About two years ago, right here on this show, on these airwaves, I said, during the Zeke holdout in Cabo, I said, where does it end? Where does it end? Because when you are at the point where literally the rules at the time, and still the rules are, that it just was the beginnings of the... Ability for Dallas to extend them. Like, if they they couldn't have extended them a month before, it was illegal. It's like someone turning 16 and a month later they're suing their parents because they don't have a car yet. (laughs) It's like, all right, I don't know about ever doing that, but maybe wait a couple of years. No, no. It's like, you can actually, you could have upped me three days ago. I'm out of here. I'm going to Cabo. That seemed a little out of bounds. Where is it going to end? Well, now we have a situation with Deshaun Watson. Now, think about this a second. We have a guy that has a no trade clause demanding a trade. So he literally gets to say, oh, I know I just signed a, you know, what, five-year contract for hundreds of millions of dollars, but I've decided I don't like it here anymore And I don't want to be forced to stay here and make a half a billion in the next five years or whatever, close to it. All right. We can debate that. I think it goes against Watson. And I love Watson as a player. I love everything I hear about him off the field. You know, I don't know him, but I got no problem with him. I mean, he's a winner. I love winners. I mean, won a national title. But I don't understand how a person that the team can't trade can demand a trade and then somehow be dictating where he gets traded to. Now, that sounds like pure free agency, which exists, but not when you're in the middle of – not in the middle, at the beginning of a five-year contract. Like, the thing that no one wants to say, because almost every host – and I don't blame them for this – They want to put themselves off as part of the proletariat. They're part of the working class. So they're going to be on the side of the players because that's who the fans are on most of the time. It's like, come on. A lot of these radio guys are making a million, five million, ten million a year. They're not part of the working class. Like, just forget that right off the... But the further they get from it, the more they act like it. All right, so let's... Be candid here. How is it that the owners have to abide by contracts, and the players don't? If the owner said, "Oh, um, Aaron Rodgers, who signed an all-cash contract," people say, "Well, uh, the the owners can cut him anytime they want." Well, yeah, because that's the deal that was signed. You can sign a deal like Aaron Rodgers did, that said it's all cash, it's all guaranteed, right? And I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Cousins has almost all guaranteed money. Hey, you have leverage. You can negotiate a no-trade clause. You can negotiate whatever you want. But then you got a deal. You can't do business if deals don't count. So let's start there, and it's nothing against Watson, but a guy with a no-trade clause is demanding a trade, and thus, he gets to dictate where he goes. But now we're going to go one step further. As Jonas said in his setup, and you're right in that that's the perception, Jonas, is Wentz is going to decide where he goes? Why? Yes. So I'm confused. He signed a long-term deal. He doesn't even have a no trade clause. But now he gets to decide where he gets traded to?
4: Yeah, and, and that's the that's the part of this that doesn't add up. It's It's a guy who clearly is – damaged goods, for lack of a better term. Uh, that sounds like the right thi- term. Yeah, they can't up to this point get a first-round pick for him. So not only is he now not worth what he was when he came into the league, but now he's also trying to dictate where it is that he's going to go play football
0: next. And as we discussed, them hiring Sirianni was choosing Wentz over the coach who had just won a Super Bowl for yes. him. So I think that was probably a smart move if you had lock-in from Wentz. But why? They're going to lose both the coach and Wentz. And as much as I wasn't a huge Peterson lover, I mean, it's hard to think he wasn't better than what we this unknown that's Sirianni right now. That no one even knew. Let's be candid. No one knew his name. He wasn't like some super well-known hot coordinator. It was because he was with Wentz. Think about it. It was he was or oh, not even with Wentz right, but he was with Reich mm-hmm. now, or, you know, most recently. And Reich was with Wentz, so this is like once removed. <laughs> he was with Wentz, so they hire the guy, and then Went and Wen says, "Oh, that's a nice gesture. Trade me. <laughs> and by the way, I don't want to go to the Bears. <laughs> and by the way, make sure my check hits. Don't delay that check even one day." you know, my, whatever, whatever, a million dollar check or whatever it is. Well, not million. Forget that. They get what? 16 game checks. Right. I think the way it goes in the NFL and he's making how much? 34.7. Hmm. I'm going to do some math here. That's over 2 million, (laughs) 2 million, a freaking week. And he's just pointing and dictating. Where is it going to end? Jonas, You were skeptical. You thought, who did I get a show with that was saying that two years ago? Have you moved directionally towards me on this? Uh, No, I mean, I've always felt that you said, no, that can't be the answer.
4: Well, I've always felt that (laughs) there is, there is this thing in the media where I don't know if it's, they want more access or whatever it is, but there feels like a, a push to side with players at all costs. And to me, I just think each situation is different in the case of Deshaun Watson, I don't understand how people are okay with what he's doing. It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't I don't get how he's getting a pass. And and the Carson Wentz stuff is just bizarre that he still thinks that he can But it seems call like it's shots. working. It seems like it's I, working. It, apparently.
0: Yeah. Where is it going to end? And I'll tell you this, let's assume the Wentz reporting is accurate, okay? We we can't be sure. But let's assume that for a second. I think Wentz is more egregious Because you can make the following case. Watson had a monster year. It was his best year. I think the case could be made behind Aaron Rodgers. He had the second best year, better than Mahomes. Now, if so, it'd be a smidgy, a smidge. It'd be small. But he's right there in the conversation. You know, it's funny. Fez looks at his uh, quarterback (laughs) rankings like it's like the Ten Commandments. (laughs) Like, they're your rankings, Steve. (laughs) You're looking going, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, I'm going to confirm that. Yes, that's your rankings.
1: You know, and the beauty of Watson <laughs> is his ceiling is so high. It wouldn't surprise any of us 2 years from now if Watson was the best quarterback in the NFL,
0: right? I think well, certainly with Aaron Rodgers hitting, you know, an you know, an age drag to some point, I think. Though who knows, right? Okay. So, the question is how much of a shortfall how short of the contract is Carson Wentz falling? Because you could make the case, even with the jumbo contract, Watson exceeded it last year. And I also, to finish that comparison, Jonas, in my opinion, you could make the case if you looked at it with, you know, your eye askew and squinted. Houston's changed a lot in the last year or so. Now, hasn't changed a lot since he signed the contract. But, you know, different coach. J.J. Watt's gone. Uh, the owner passed away. Now the son's there. This uh, uh, oh, I'm having a mental block. The the uh, the spiritual consultant fellow, Jack Easterby. Oh, uh, yeah, Jack. Jack Easterby. East, yeah, Easterby's in and apparently having a huge influence. You could and and also under the deceased owner, there was comments that I think fairly could be taken as you know, racially insensitive. So you could, but, but since most of that, if not all of it happened before Watson signed the contract at the beginning of last year, I'm not sure how much of an excuse it is, but I think it helps the narrative a little, even though the timeline's not obvious to most, you know, casual observers. The wensting feels like here's a guy signed a jumbo contract. He played horribly. He doesn't connect with his teammates, it seems. And Now he's making, and we fired a coach over him, and it still didn't satisfy him. And now he's saying, "I'm going to one team and one team only." Tell me when it's done. (laughs) That that and is and is that even for a fact? I mean, is there anything about that that isn't like what it is, right? No, it's accurate. Yeah. And Jonas, you said I think because they want access. Well, we know, and you know better than me. That if it is a beat writer, if it is someone who's embedded in a way with the team, that is a trade-off they got to make, right? Is they'll put out
4: the
0: yeah, yeah. They'll put out stuff that 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 they want out as long as they think it's true. They're not going to put out lies. But and and listen, that's part of the game. It's if you're going to cry about that, you're going to you know. If I cry about that, you're crying about everything. But I'm saying, and I'm not talking about anyone in particular because all of them are doing it. Why does National host XYZ. And I'm not saying everyone, though, is there, I haven't heard Clay on this. Do we have any sense of where Clay's at on this, Jonas?
4: Uh, I'm not sure.
0: I, I, I think, mean, he's a guy uh, that will go against the grain. It seems sometimes.
4: Uh, like I know Doug Gottlieb's been outspoken against the Deshaun Watson strategy, Okay. and has said, "Yeah, he's all, I don't understand." He was outspoken against the Draymond Green strategy, just this idea that that it's victimhood and all the other things that go along with it. It's no, it's part of business. You signed a contract.
0: What are we doing here? And we're gonna, and in, in the Draymond I think fits into this because the Draymond situation fundamentally changes sports what he's saying and i'm not even saying that it doesn't have merit it's like but let's understand what it is he's saying first though how much is carson wentz shortfall in the contract so we looked at it and we said all right how much is carson getting paid next year or or this is the 2020 cap hit 34.7 million and then we compared it to Jared Goff. Now, why Goff? Because we know that Goff was sent in that Stafford trade with a first-round pick around his neck, kind of like a coffee cake you give your kid when you send them to the neighbors, and they don't want him, but you got to get him out of the house for a couple <laughs> hours. That's what the first-round pick was. And the question is, well, how does Jared Goff compare to his contract compared to Wentz? And Wentz... 34.7 million, Goff, 27.8. Now, in Fezic's Ten Commandments or 32 commandments of quarterback ranking, he's got what, uh, Wentz, 20th, Goff, 25th. So we, ra- we ranked the quarterbacks last year 1 to 32 and said, okay, what's the 20th quarterback get? Okay? What's the 25th quarterback get? Then we subtracted that number where they should be paying for that performance from the contract. And this is what we got. Carson Wentz's shortfall last year was $24 million from 34.7 versus the slot at number 20. I think 20 is generous, mm-hmm. very generous, but okay. Jared Goff's shortfall, $20 million. Carson Wentz's contract is three more years. Goff's is two. So literally by saying if they play like last year, which would be the best year to tell us how they're gonna play, Carson Wentz is seventy two million dollars overpaid the next three years. Goff is forty one million overpaid. And golf, they had to give a first round pick along with them to take the contract. But they're gonna get what for Wentz? Jonas, does that analysis resonate with you?
4: Yeah, it's it Carson Wentz. I would say right now Jared Goff is a better quarterback than Carson Wentz.
0: I think and that's true. We, I think last yeah, year I, he certainly was.
4: A hundred percent. And and even I I don't know I mean, how many starters in the NFL from last season had worse years than Carson Wentz?
0: I mean I, by some stats, none. I that's mean, the thing. The QBR you worship, Faz, where was his QBR? Twenty seventh. Yeah. So you just you're going on pedigree and listen. Yes, and part of pedigree matters, right? Yeah. But if he had been fined a year before, he wasn't. All right. Listen, we're going to continue this and tie it in with Draymond. Okay. So this Draymond comment, I initially I was like, what's he saying? I think most people initially it, it, it didn't connect. It it wasn't particularly cogent and. It doesn't mean the idea is wrong, but as I you know, really took it in and thought about it, read a little bit about it, what he seems to be saying is that the players are pieces on the chessboard, very well-paid pieces, but pieces on the chessboard, and the owners, through their proxy, which is their GM or whoever is making the ultimate decisions, get to decide where those players play. Now, To some degree, that's not the case, where there can be a negotiated no trade clause. There can be a negotiated other things. Uh, You could set up the contract in a way that if you traded the player, it would be a big financial hit. There's all kinds of things you can do. But ultimately, other than free agency and with the draft itself, the player is dictated to you go here, you go here. Now if we want to question that that then then that gets that tears down and potentially would be rebuilt a new premise of of sports in in North America because it would literally if the players are self interested and that's the only thing, hey, where do I want to play? When do I want to play? I mean, forget that contract. Just keep paying me, but forget the contract. I don't know what that would look like. But what I think he's missing when he puts it out there is the owners are the stewards for the fans. Now, when the owners aren't, like maybe the Knicks, you could make the case. That hasn't been the case. The Clippers... Under the uh, old ownership, that wasn't the case. The fans get mad. I mean, rightfully so. I think the Pirates are an example where the fans should be more mad at the Pittsburgh ownership group. Great example. But it's the players are, you're supposed to, like, even as much as I loved, let's say, Ryan Clark as a player, I loved Ike. Taylor, the cornerback, oh, he was tough as nails. They called him nails, actually. He was so tough. Is If they could have traded him for um, Revis in his prime, I'd say, see you at the convention. See, see you at the reunion, Ike. <laughs> we are rooting for teams. Now, the young, young, young millennial types, they often are rooting for players. And to me, maybe that's a change that we've got to start to try to understand better because when LeBron goes from Cleveland to LA, he brings a lot of fans with him. And the one, you know, the one thing I would say is someone's got to be looking out for the fans if they are rooting for the teams. And I think most fans still are. Jonas, we got to do Fez's best bet, but maybe we'll leave it there and I'll just ask you that question. Do you believe at this point that most fans are still team oriented and not player oriented?
4: Yeah, 100%. That's what they grew up on and and that fandom is always going to be there even after those players retire.
0: Yeah, I think so. And they people will say, "Well, they're rooting for laundry, but it doesn't change the fact that that's I root for the Steelers. I love Big Ben. I root for the Steelers and I hope he doesn't come back. This is probably a good example, <laughs> right? He can sit on the bench if he wants. I don't want to make him 42. I'm I'm not saying radio hall of fame, but Good. Good. Okay. Last thing, Draymond Green. If you think about what he's saying, is the very paradigm, the very premise that the owners own the team, they're the stewards of the team, but who do the owners have a fiduciary responsibility to? It's a business term of art, but... To the other owners, right? Any stakeholders or stockholders in the team. And then I think it's probably not fiduciary. They don't have a legal responsibility. Though in the way they do, cause they sell season tickets. Right? But that's a debate. Cause in theory, there's an assumption. Like if you bought season tickets and they guided the team and didn't spend any money, in theory you could bring them to court and say it was under Breach false a contract. Right? Yeah, false pretenses, right? Is you sold with an implied promise, but but to me that's all fun to debate if you were a lawyer. But what we know is that the practical de facto reality is they owe. The fans, the owners do, the decision-makers, more than the players. What they owe the players is honesty and theory. It's not a legal requirement. But they also owe them to adhere to the pl- collective bargaining agreement and to adhere to the contract. But when you have a business relationship and you follow the law, In every sense with business, that's most people don't achieve that. Now, we can debate at a human level, do they owe them more? But if it's a zero-sum game, and here's the ultimate final question. Is there a scenario that it would be something you'd recommend that the owner decide this hurts the team but I'm going to do it for the player. And what we want to caveat is by giving a player a last year, that maybe or it almost certainly hurts the team if it's an unnecessary or an unwarranted last year. One more payday. Like Big Ben, Like if the Steelers had a choice to actually say no more, no more, to- <laughs> too beaucoup, as they say. <laughs> My old roommate Mark, who still works for me or for Free Game, he uh, he he took like two years of French in high school, but you know, roommate at a high state. But the only French he ever said was "too beaucoup," which I think vaguely means like "too much, too much." I'm not sure if it. Yeah, I think it was usually about how much he ate. He's a big eater. <laughs>
1: You know, that's the only Arabic I know. Is Arabic? Bes, bes means enough, enough.
0: Oh, is that because at the poker table?
1: my No, my roommate from college used to always tell me that when I was talking to him. Samer
0: used to always go, bes, bes. Well, could he do a sound drop for us <laughs> and then we could just play <laughs> it as necessary? It might, it might trigger you. <laughs> so he was Arabic? Yes, Lebanese. Lebanese. And you didn't care to learn anything else? That was it. Because really, like, how would you make money from that? Few of the cuss words. So nothing that would help him communicate with you. (laughs) Nothing human. So, can you think of a scenario that that net net, not looking at a narrow perspective, but a broader one, that an ownership group should hurt the team, thus hurting the fans? For a player's benefit.
1: Yeah, I think about you bring up that great example of the aging veteran Fitzgerald. Yeah, okay, but for that's instance. not
0: hurting the team. It might be yeah. hurting their ability to win that game, but but, but it that helps season. the
1: team and the loyalty of the fans
0: because yeah. they want to see Fitzgerald out there. Or the loyalty there, of the players. Right? Yeah, right. And it, I mean, though, though you bring up a good point too, is is are there factors other than winning? And there are. Right? Mm-hmm. right, I've heard like Bill Simmons talk about like when. The Red Sox won a World Series with a team that he was rooting for for multiple years and the same players. It was different than Mer- – like the Lakers didn't take that title the same fans as they did a Magic title because Magic was with them year after year after year, and LeBron is a mercenary, you know? not Good point. In, a ba- in the bad sense of a word, but the good sense of the word and the meritocracy of it, but hard to say he has like love for – the purple and gold in his heart, right? He has love as long as that check's coming in, and he thinks it's the best chance to win a title, and he can be in Hollywood. I don't begrudge him any of that. But net-net saying at the end of the calculation, it's a negative number for the team and a positive number for a player, counting for the the more soft, touchy-feely parts of it, Is there any – would we agree that the team has a fiduciary responsibility or at least sort of a responsibility to the fans and the players are subordinate to that? Yes. Well, what Draymond Green is saying is the opposite. He's saying that, no, 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 we need to accept that the players rank above the team – because remember, as I said, the team follows the contract. And again, like I said, you can negotiate a lot of things in a contract. Now, some things you—I guess—you can even negotiate not being um, franchise, because that's what Tom Brady did. So, like anything, you, it seems like you can negotiate. But players that don't have that leverage get the best they can get. And you know what? playing for millions of dollars, that isn't about how good you are. That's one piece. That's necessary but not sufficient. It's how good you are at that endeavor and the marketplace's demand to see that level of play and spend money on it. The best dart player in the world has a side job. Maybe hustling darts, but, you know. I mean, think about it. The best weight lift, like the, Mr. Olympia, you know, had trouble. I think Lee Haney, who won it like six times in the late 80s and 90s, I think, early 90s. I'm not, I think he was a school teacher in Georgia. I mean, like, the, like literally something like bodybuilding, which how, millions of people lift weights. You couldn't make a living at it. So Draymond being elite means great, But Draymond, or maybe Draymond having been elite, we can say, but that plus the market demand equals millionaire. But somehow he wants to jump the fans. And I get why you might want that, but it would uproot and fundamentally change American sports.
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting how much things have changed because I go back to the Michael Jordan years, right, where he missed, what, six games in his six title years? And now there's like a list of all these players that have already missed six games this year in the NBA and just a fundamental shift in terms of, you know, the players and how they approach the game.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, Jordan was an exception then and also... It feels like at least ever since, because remember, the next, and Simmons talks about this a lot, the next era of players were very entitled. Remember the post Jordan? And the NBA had a real lull. Um, you know, Kobe really emerging. You know, I, I guess the Lakers being so dominant. But I mean, you think about it, 98 through 2003. Mm, feels like the five worst years Mackenzie. do me a favor i don't know if this should be available can we look at the average nielsen rating the if it would just have a year-by-year stack of the nba's nielsens
3: yeah they'll definitely have that for the finals i'll look for the yeah that's
0: probably well. a good okay. uh cool. proxy um yeah just get the finals i'm guessing i mean obviously michael was michael but i'm saying it It was a drop like, you know, we're not going to see LeBron, you LeBron. It was just a different thing. And some of it was how great Jordan was and how big he was, but some of it was how the others fell short. Spurs were boring too. Yeah, yeah. But I think it was more the me, me, me. So you got that? Yeah, you can see the crater right at 98. So you realize the listeners don't see
3: it? Yeah, so – from about 30 million people watching. All
0: right, so this was the last Jordan, the, 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 the last shot against the Jazz. Yeah, 1998.
3: And then 2003 was the low point around 10 million people watching
0: the average finals
3: game.
1: Wow. One third, yep. Two th- thirds reduction.
0: Yeah, one third watching. So what was the drop between 98 and 99?
3: From 30 million to 15 million, wow. Freaking MJ! That's incredible. <laughs> well, did
0: you want to watch uh, Latrell Sprewell play the Spurs? <laughs> and the funny, yeah, the funny thing. Well, you would think Patrick Ewing finally, you know, uh, that's true. Big New York market. Yeah, I tell you this: if you, you know, most listeners probably watched the Last Dance. Jordan wanted to play that last year, but or that next year, but because of the lockout, and he didn't want to play for the Bulls, and I mean. Again, in today's era, he would have done a tour and decided where and won another title. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and, and again, I, I think that, and, and we can't forget, this isn't me being unsympathetic to the fact that the players have been effed over in generations past. And I just think of Joe Lewis. you know, it's kind of a, a known thing in Vegas is he was a greeter. I think it was at Caesars. So, I mean, the guy that was maybe the most famous sports uh sportsman in the world for multiple years. I mean, Joe, there used to be fifty million people listening to the radio when Joe Lewis was fighting, and you know the government he was just working. you load sixteen tons. <laughs> You're every day deeper in debt. and to me. Whoever, you know, whatever group, like, ownership that did that should pay the price. But here's the thing. When it starts getting excessive to the point of fundamentally change, because to me, missing games is a matter of degree. Putting the players above the fans, and and he wouldn't like that. He wouldn't want to admit to it, but that's what you're saying. Because for Drummond, it might not be – first of all, he's getting paid to sit, so it's hard to be too – like, oh, my God. But I get it. You can say, hey, he wants to play. He's only got so many games in him. Each year, day that goes by, he's a day older. I, I can see that argument. But that has to be compared to what would the Pistons be risking by taking a guy that's got multiple years left on his contract that they are – yeah. Oh, what did I say, Pistons? Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, he was with the Pistons. Yeah. Okay, okay. Right. So, thank you. Multiple year left. So, you did do some NBA work. <laughs> Multiple years left on his contract. They, not a good contract that they want to pay. And supposedly they're going to get something for him, right? This isn't just a cut. This is a trade, right? Or at least that's what they're trying oh, to do. Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, this guy's in his prime. He's like 28, you know.
0: And But if he goes down and gets hurt. He might be stuck on that. You know What I'm saying is if you're a fan of the Cavs, you want Dr- uh, uh, Drummond sitting. Yes. So, again, it's pitting ownership in the fans versus the players. And to change that would fundamentally change American sports. What do you think, Fez? No, I don't think anyone else I think you connected said it. those dots. I think,
1: I think you connected the dots good, yes. What do you think, McKenzie?
0: Could I get an honorary PhD at Yale?
1: Oh, for sure. Honorary? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, set that up. I don't think Draymond <laughs> Green's going to get one.
0: I don't think you are,
3: because he actually set that up well. Not, not good. Superman does good. <laughs> so
0: it seems funny, Steve. It seems like you really have been chomping or champing at the bit To, like, to really, like, um, this, but to disrespect these players. Because, like, I didn't hear the cut that Sleepy did, but, you know, doing straight out of Vegas, you were, like, really quick to, like, um, what player was that that you completely uh, crapped on at the very end? And I said, oh, we got to be careful about that. Jalen Johnson of Duke? Yeah. Mm, Yeah, yeah, you were, like, you were old man on the lawn, so, luckily, Mackenzie has a theme song. And as he walks in to start doing the NBA here, we'll play it.
2: I'm a
0: lotto, So, what'd you think?
3: Love it. Love Nirvana. Love the big band. I'm a mulatto. It's true. I'm a mosquito, some say. I'm all about it.
0: All right. What's your theme song, Faz? Silver Spoons. <laughs> well, I think, I do think this. When, we, <laughs> when he starts off on his Get Off My Lawn, it seems like that the uh, one I was playing a little bit ago... Was just perfect. So last thing, and we'll move on. Uh, and we got to do. We're gonna do your five NFL teams. Mackenzie, don't talk too much during this. <laughs> is <laughs> don't make me cut your mic. Is what would you say bothers you right now? Like if you really were just being honest, what bothers you right now about let's say mm, minorities, women? <laughs> those that make less money than you, the other 98%. Well, just the general public's inability to park
1: their cars, being stuck behind them in a parking garage when they look for the optimal freaking spot, and people are like 10 deep behind them. You know what? Just keep going and find a spot that's fairly close if you're not disabled. Stop being so selfish driving down the middle of an aisle to try to find, oh, is that person leaving? Maybe I'll wait and back up traffic (laughs) for a quarter of a mile.
0: I tell you, the more he talks, (laughs) stick to sports, (laughs) Fezzik. (laughs) I bet a lot of people are like, I wish I didn't know all that. I'm fascinated, but I wish I didn't know it. Um, So you're not going to use his winning pick? Well, yeah, I'll use him, but I won't like it. (laughs) All right, speaking of winning picks, Fez, it's time for redemption. Five NFL teams that you think potentially are undervalued why potentially because the bar to bet futures is high because the takeout the commission implicit is so significant correct
1: right so you know when we talk about futures we talk about all derivatives not just you know to win the super bowl but you know season wins bet early in the year etc etc Here's But those
0: are, those are great opportunities, though, right? Yes,
1: yes, because so, those don't have the high house VIG.
0: But but there's not numbers out, is there? There are not yet. That's what we're saying potentially. Yes. So maybe what we should do is reference our Super Bowl odds, reference what you think their win total is going to be, and tell us why you think that's wrong. Woo. Steve Fezzik. Step into the spotlight. Woo. Number one. Number one.
1: And all five of these teams. Number one. Number one. San Francisco 49ers. So the Niners obviously absolutely ravaged by injuries over the course of the year. And I know this is obvious. But you know what, RJ? There are a lot of people out there that are so statistically driven that they look at the underlying stats for the year prior, and they just can't get over the fact that all of that data is really wrong when you've got a team that had a fundamental that is going to have a fundamental shift because they were so injured the prior year, and certainly San Francisco. Jimmy G is obvious, you know, that they replaced him with Mullins, but the entire team. Well, they didn't replace him with Mullins; he was hurt. Right, right. So Jimmy G only played six games, but you know, defense and offense across the board from Kittle to Bosa. This was a team that was just decimated by injuries. San Francisco 15 to 1 to win the title. I think their season win number probably be nine. I'll be looking over.
0: I love Jimmy G. Is it over, the love affair? Yeah, it's over. He still looks good. It's over. All right. Um you're kind of fickle.
1: Number two. Number two, New England Patriots currently sixty to one. I anticipate their season win to be Seven to Let seven. Me think.
0: Cam Newton was bad.
1: <laughs> Cam Newton was bad, but you know what was under the radar? It's just those eight guys that didn't play because of COVID. Now, I don't know if they're all coming back. I don't know if some of them are coming back, but I tell you this when the disruption of all those players opting out last year, I think only points towards an upward arrow for New England this year.
0: So I think the thing that you're really under accounting, and, and to me, this is a macro issue. Is how the cap is going down significantly, perhaps. I'm hearing 180, 185, who knows? All right. But if you have cap space like the Colts, like the Patriots, I think I heard him say the Colts have 60 or 60 or 70 million to spend. Get a, let's get a figure up there, McKenzie. Um, I think New England, there's cause for... Here's the thing. If you know something's going to happen, what's the chance that Belichick doesn't spend a lot of that money? Almost nil, it would yeah. seem. So let's assume. Now, what do you get? So how much... Uh, give me the top kind of money left or, or uh, room under the cap.
3: So the Colts are at $70 million. Let me get the full list.
0: All right. You figured I just wanted the Colts? I did. Don't make me send you back to the control room.
3: All right. We got the full list here. So the Colts are second behind the Jaguars.
0: At All right. So the Jags. So think about this now. Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence. Now, I am a Trevor Lawrence skeptic. What does that mean? It means if you gave me an over-under Trevor Lawrence his career, his career versus Andrew Luck. I would say slightly under, and you know what? Andrew Luck didn't suck, but it wasn't all that good. We can all say, well, I'm going to say how bad they were his rookie year, and they went 11-5. and Saying, okay, that, how different was that team that two years before Peyton Manning had probably 13-3 and three or some variation of it. I mean, I'm sure there was a good many guys you placed, but come on. The guy never – the guy got worse, first of all, as time went on. Oh, it's because he didn't have an offensive line. Yeah, okay. Luck, not great. And I would say I think that – maybe not even under that. I think that's what I expect from Trevor Long. He doesn't have – he has the Tony Marinovich building a lab stuff. I don't see what else he has. You know, June
1: Jones just came out and publicly said that he thought Lawrence should go third, third quarterback in the draft, not first. The former Falcons coach? Yeah. I wonder. Very rare that a coach, you know, would go out and publicly say something negative about a player like that. Yeah.
0: But is June Jones in coaching right now? I don't even know. Yeah. So to me, take that with a grain of salt. Because I'm going against Mike Mike Lombardi said, in his opinion, Trevor Lawrence would, and I I don't think he's thinking it through like this, but he said he would go first in any draft. Now, does that mean against John Elway, who's probably renowned as the best prospect to come out of college? I don't know. But he certainly means, you know, back at least to Andrew Luck, who was supposed to be the best since Elway. I'm very much um, bearish on that level. But I know I'm an underdog when I go against Lombardi when it comes to X's and O's for sure, or it comes to, you know, I just got a feeling. And I also look at the numbers when they they were, he only had like five games that they weren't double-digit favorites in, and he was way worse, like more than you would expect just from level of competition, which tells me they were running, you know, a lot of running it up. I mean, I know you appreciate that, Fez, because you like the Harbaugh's a lot. (laughs) He smells. But I don't. I don't like bullies. Okay. Patriots are where? And, And I guess the final point of the Jags was, let's say you get, where do you think you have Trevor Lawrence on your quarterback rankings? I mean, you gotta have them like 22 or 23 at work.
1: Well, especially after I seem to always start these rookie quarterbacks at 30, and then you blink after the first three starts and they're 22. So why not well, get them there immediately and stuff? You
0: figure you can put off the work.
1: Yeah, Just put them all. Just at the put them end. on the
0: bottom here. Yeah. yeah, don't even spell their names right.
1: Do a bubble sort on them after the season starts upwards.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so <laughs> let's. What do you think, though? Like, to actually answer the question.
1: I think you put him with Goff, 25.
0: Where would you say you're over? Like, if I was going to bet you and you were going to take over, and we're not going to bet, so give me a true number, what number would you still say, I think he'll be worse than this? If I say 16 at the end of the year.
1: Oh, he'll be worse than 16.
0: But Herbert was what?
1: Yeah, Herbert was – started out like 31, and now he's, he's currently at uh, 15.
0: 15. The, so well, he's you're, the president of the pledge class. So you're saying that – and this was a question I was re- going to raise on the radio. and We can kind of beta test it here to some degree at a more leisurely pace. Who would you rather have? Trevor Lawrence – Herbert or Watson at their current contracts. So four years left of Herbert with cost certainty. The fifth year is expensive. So let's say three more really bargain years. What can you buy? So Lawrence is going to, and Lawrence will be at about $10 million. Herbert would be, I guess, the same as Tua, right in that range, right? One slot below, so like seven. He was probably a little six nine or seven this year. Yep. So the difference is like thirty three million with Watson. What can you buy for thirty three a year? You can buy like two top five type. You know, you could buy the third best left tackle in football. And the third best quarterback, like Ramsey and like the Green Bay Packer left tackle before he was hurt,
1: so given that both those guys can be worth about a point per game, okay, and I got them at being the two uh, the, quarter the two is, quarterbacks are I, two points this apart, is
0: good, continue,
1: so it's equal. I'm indifferent,
0: and where's Trevor Lawrence in the mix?
1: Well, I'm gonna start him. Where Goff is, so he's four points worse than Watson,
0: and two points worse,
1: you know, than Herbert.
0: So you're getting one, but that's not the question. The question is over the next five years.
1: It's too much uncertainty.
0: That's what we do for a living. Steve. Yeah.
1: Well, but I'm, I I can't project guys coming. I have don't have any NFL experience. That's that's not something that I even want to attempt.
0: McKenzie, we're we're not scouts. One of our basic premises here is we're not scouts. And we're not draft Knicks. We don't know. And you know what? They don't know. That's the whole point. But we can say if the consensus is as extreme as it is, we would have to say Trevor Lawrence has as much. We would project with all the uncertainty, he had the best career of anyone coming out this year. Yes. Because he's the number one pick. I mean, every year, if there's a consensus, now sometimes the team might think differently. Does Tre- Let's start with the Herbert situation. In fact, you can jump in here. Does Trevor Lawrence project to be better than Herbert?
3: I don't think so. I think he's obviously a much better project com- product coming into the year. But that first blink test, when you get into the NFL game and you don't fuck up, in fact, you play great, I don't think Trevor Lawrence has passed you know, that I party.
0: I say the F word about once a month.
3: 30 seconds in. <laughs>
0: yeah, we're not going to do that. I'll let that one, that'll be your one for the month. Airborne. Continue. It's just, here's the thing we can do it, but why, to me, it's not necessary, meaning like if you're a comedian or something, yeah, but <laughs> I'm saying me or anyone. And it just gets in the way because there's certain people that are offended by it, right? So why offend them when you're not it's, – it's just laziness not to stop doing it. So continue, motherfucker. Oh, sorry.
3: <laughs> yeah, I apologize for all those driving with their family right now.
0: Yeah, it's another point.
3: I think there's a good chance – I blame
0: you for what I said? Go ahead.
3: There's a decent chance, maybe 25%, that Trevor Lawrence is going to be a Jamarcus
0: Russell or a Christian Ponder. Do you think there's a 25% chance that he won't make it to his fourth year? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we got to bet. So I'll lay th- I'll lay Kay. 350. Cuz well, well, I'll lay 350 starting quarterback cuz he can make
3: it like Christian Ponder did, you know, as a backup for a while. But
0: yeah, I'm I'll lay- Okay, so you're yeah. saying so you're saying I get to lay minus 350 and I win the bet if Trevor Lawrence is a starter his fourth year, he enters game 1 as the projected starter.
3: Yes. I think those are those, I like that bet.
0: What would you put those numbers at, Steve?
1: I like McKenzie's bet. I think minus 350 is too high. What? These first-round picks, RJ, like like even even top
0: 10 picks, they go south. Hold on a second. This isn't a top 10 pick. This is not a number one pick. It's a number one pick that is as consensus as any since Andrew Luck. And by some accounts, most accounts, more of a consensus. They're saying if Andrew Luck and Trevor Lawrence were in the same draft, each of the age they were coming out of college, or Ark in his case, Lawrence, that Lawrence goes first. What was the odds of Andrew Luck not being a starting quarterback? Well, I mean, just the injury, Trubisky injury. Was alone. was a starting quarterback in his fourth year. A significant injury alone could train well, wreck you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's, an injury is no bet because an injury would be not a Jamarcus Russell it's literally so i mean obviously that's an important distinction but if it goes RG3 and he- then i take the heat there if there's an injury that that lingers i take the heat but that's that's RG3 is in a different unit RG3 Colin said this i don't know how you know he obviously or i don't know if i can say obviously because everyone doesn't know or listen to the show all the time, he doesn't say things he doesn't believe. As far as I can see. He said that he was told by a scout that coming out of high school, Trevor Lawrence would have been like a top five pick in the NFL. Hmm. I don't know if that's true. Meaning, but someone thought it was that Colin trusted to some degree. So Trubisky would win the bet for me. So who wouldn't? I mean, we don't even know if Sam Darnold would. Rosen. Okay. Tenth pick. He's like six, he was six, one and a half, one eighty. 180. So we'll keep it simple, McKenzie. I won't, I know when you really like a game, you tend to bet, it's two dimes when you really like something? Yeah, about two, yep. All right. I personally think it would put a little too much pressure on you because, I mean, you know, I guess in a way you're only risking a 1,000.
3: And I'm also locking in four years of working at pregame, so I like that.
0: Egg. Well, well no. <laughs> no, no. You ever see Furio when he comes by to pick out the money? <laughs> but but I think you're pretty good at pregame. You're fine there. I mean, you're on the mic now. so. But what I'll say is let's make it. I'll lay 3500 to win a dime. So it's not too much. About
3: 250 a year? Yeah. Okay. I can risk it.
0: Yeah, but it's going to all settle at once. Yeah. Okay, I'm
3: just saying a lot that amount of money,
0: and 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 you, um, yeah, you might want to bank it. <laughs> is, and I'm not going to give you a bonus when I'm collecting the thousand. <laughs> but what I'll say is this: Let's define this. If he has a career-ending injury, or if he misses the first start, maybe this is the way to say it. If he misses the first start of his fourth year because of an injury then the bet gets extended to the first time he's healthy enough to start. Now, there's some vagaries there, right? Because to some degree, if he has like an Alex Smith-type injury, knock on wood.
1: Maybe you should just say he'll either start the
0: fourth or the fifth year. No, I think, well, we got some time. (laughs) But let's generally agree with the spirit is if injury's the cause of it, it's no bet. You don't lose. You don't win. It's just no bet, right? I'm not trying to say I win on that. And if injury's not the cause, either he's the projected starter or not. And when I say projected, meaning if if there's no doubt he's going to start and somehow he hurts his ankle with the third preseason game, I collect at that point. Because if somehow he then blows his hand off (laughs) – I'm not hoping for it, at least until the fourth season, and then not even after that. I think we're in general agreement here. You st- even with the injury caveat, you like his side? No, no, the injury
1: caveat changes everything.
0: Well, how many quarterbacks haven't had their career cut short by injury in the last 10 years? I mean, even Alex Smith didn't. yeah. Now, if the bet were he has to start that specific yeah, game, right. But that would add a lot of vagaries again that have no point, right? Is the question is is he at the level where he's desired? Yeah, as I mean a that's that,
1: that's the difference. I mean, like you look, is Joe Burrow going to start his second year with the ACL? Probably, maybe not because of the injury. But if you asterisk it to not to exclude
0: that, now yeah. it's a totally different thing. And then the theory thing. is, when he's healthy, is he a starting yeah. level quarterback? Yeah. I mean. Sam Darnold probably won't start to start next year. So Mm. that was what? He went third? Yep, third. So it's possible. I mean, Rosen's another example. But once you get past, I mean, even if we count, even Jared Goff started his fourth year, and he's going to start next year. yeah. I don't think they're
1: lining up to go to Detroit to replace him.
3: Yeah, I'm looking at the history of number one quarterbacks drafted and I haven't found one that didn't start after hmm. their fourth year, so. All
0: right. Welcome to the show, Mackenzie. <laughs> this is the way it goes. And somehow you Where's sat. First the Button. You sat back. What? Oh, you are going with him? No, that's for you. Ah. Pressing it for you. <laughs> well, you you should have jumped in. You were going. I- I love my- that's because of the injury. We talked about, about it. it. You think I would make a bet with the injuries not accounted for? Now, McKenzie, get- pull back the curtain just for a minute here. You watched me. I'm not gonna celebrate myself too much here, but. You watched from a distance. It happened to Steve Fezzik, world famous batter. In all the five boroughs, I'm known. I'm known all over the world. To the point his wife forbade him from betting against me. Within 10 minutes, you drop an F-bomb, <laughs> and you make a four-figure bet. How you feeling?
3: You know, that it, it makes it look a little easier, I guess, than it is, you know, from back there. In the you mean
0: losing? Part. What? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I no. once th- lost $1,000. Yeah, you lost $1,000. <laughs> the like 0% a, bet. In a, a five-minute uh, you know, stretch <laughs> there. But so it you wasn't you the lo- first five minutes is yeah, what you you i I from- thought I could go an hour or so, you know, until I get <laughs> roped into one of these.
0: Do you still like your side?
3: No, not, not as much. Not looking at these, like Treff George is probably the worst guy drafted in the last thirty years. He was a starter, you know, ten years into the league. So,
0: so you want to talk buyout? <laughs> <laughs> do, uh, do you have the cash on you? Uh, no. <laughs> I'd i I'd I'd, I'd pay a hundred bucks to get out of it. <laughs> Wait, you owe me first. Remember? <laughs> Hold on. For the Brooklyn. I remember that. Yeah. First <laughs> off, I, I I wouldn't take less than I would take eight hundred. I'm gonna lose a thousand. I'll roll with it for four
3: years. It would cost money. Money. But, yeah. It would cost all your
0: money. But you're missing the point. I get to talk about it now. Ah, uh, for. <laughs> you're buying my silence. But anyway, okay. If you think about the Jags having the twentieth best quarterback. And then all the money they've got to spend. And
1: that is my number three team, the Jacksonville Jaguars, undervalued. But did
0: your notes have anything about cap space? No. Continue, though.
1: So my, my notes did have, and by the way, 80 to 1, 5 to 5.5 is the anticipated season win. So here's a team Minshew, not a very good quarterback, and he only started nine games. Glennon was worse. Five games.
0: Was he worse? Yeah, he was. Well, what's the QBR?
1: I just have the quarterback ratings because he didn't qualify. So, Glennon was 80 and Minshew was 96.
0: Well, 96 is actually above NFL average, isn't it? I don't know what the NFL rating average was. Well, Minshew would have rated in QBR.
1: Yeah, and he was low. Well, just tell me what he was. He was 25th in, in QBR.
3: Average was 94 for this year, passer rating.
0: So think about that. Mm. By the metric of passer rating, Minshew was above average. Yeah, That's interesting.
3: I tell you who was not average. And that
1: was Gluten Luton, as you like to refer to him. Who I played. said the
0: only thing worse than Luton was Gluten.
1: <laughs> and uh, he had 110 attempts, so that was not insignificant.
0: And remember— right, So you're saying this is the classic Fez, which I like, that the stats are not representative. Exactly
1: right. And the last two games, remember, they were in must-lose situations to get the number one seed— and so you can debate about the players' efforts. I'll tell you this. James Robinson was the only good well, running—
0: Well, not the last two games. The last game didn't matter. The Jets ju- oh. won two games.
1: Oh, you're right about that. But what, what ha- I know that they benched James Robinson the second-to-last game, and he's like the only good running back on the on the the, the whole roster. His, ha-
0: his hammy was a little tender yeah,
1: yeah, and it stayed that—they had to stay consistent. So he didn't play the last two games. So just uh, reasons Jacksonville's undervalued.
0: You know, it's funny— Because now they're saying the number two pick is going to be the BYU guy. Right.
1: Is that Zach Smith? Yeah. Zach Wilson. Wilson? Zach Wilson.
0: Wilson. So if you think about it, it's like number two pick, number three pick, number four. And then they're saying there's the debate about who, you know. uh, It's like the Jets. I don't think – I mean, I think the NBA has some merit. I think in general – there should be something where maybe they cluster, you know, I don't know how to do it. Maybe like the, maybe the, the worst three teams have a drawing and, and, and maybe it's something like 50, uh, 35, 15. Yeah, I agree. See, how I did that in my head and. Hey, that adds to a hundred. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm consistent, but, but, but what I'm saying is make it where you decrease the motivation by 50% because again, the very fact that the Jets won shows that as a 17 point dog that they were trying, I just don't like that, that, that Jacksonville could guarantee that pick by, you know, to whatever degree, whatever you want to say they did it. It seems like that they had an agenda. Yes. By the way, Mackenzie, this is uh, your new theme song. That's just my money being counted before you hand it over. All right. So when you add in, well, first off, feds, let's keep in mind Trevor Lawrence is going to, I think if you ask the average fan, Trevor Lawrence would not be the 25th-ranked quarterback. Yeah, it's a good point. I'm just wondering about your number. They
1: only won one game last year. So it'd be hard for me to see them set a season win number higher than 5.5. I think that's as high as it could possibly be.
0: And do you like over 5.5?
1: Yeah. No, I wouldn't play over 6, but I'd play over 5.5. All
2: right.
1: I agree. All right. Number three or number four? Number four, Washington Redskins, seventy to one. uh, Mm -hmm. Anticipate. I know
0: know the the current listeners haven't heard your um, borderline racist rant, but probably you don't want to double down with the Redskins, the Washington football
1: team, the WFTs. That's thank you. uh, Projected season win number seven and (laughs) undervalued. Hey, Haskins and Kyle Allen starting.
0: All those games, the first half of the year, Flipper. So, so what was Kyle Allen's? Um, uh, you know, whatever metric we have for him, Mackenzie, look at that up. But continue, please. Yeah, I don't have my them. point's going to be that Kyle Allen wasn't so bad.
1: You're God. right. You're right that he. uh And just the bottom line is this was a much better team with Alex Smith statistically the second half of the year. And but bottom line is people are going to look at this and say, hey, this team.
0: And the, the theory is the red, <laughs> Washington should have a better quarterback than Alex Smith. Yes. They seem to be ambitious with that.
1: Exactly right. So there's certainly a potential to hit a home run here to get a huge, a significant upgrade at quarterback, a team that, okay, the division was horrible. Washington won seven games, six of them second half of the year.
0: And Allen was good. He had a 75 QBR in four starts. When I said it, you said, you're right. I can see why. And again, we did give Flipper some heat. And again, I... Think Flipper when he doesn't fumble is mighty good. And then, you know, or is better than people think.
2: They call him Flipper, Flipper, faster than
0: Linny. He's not really fast for the NFL level, but he makes that sound when he gets sacked. And then there's little flipper. The other island for the the Bengals.
1: Well, we're going to get to him for our team number five.
0: Imagine your hands are so small, you're not flipper, you're little <laughs> flipper. Continue. Fifth team, Cincinnati Bengals. Oh God, this is horrible. What, what's your projected win total? Six. Eight? Eighty okay. to one. You're six. And and eighty to one lines up with that. Yes. All right, I'll take. I'll take under. You want over? Yeah, I'll take over. We'll do 300. Good. Go ahead. Now, I'll tell you this. If the win total comes out, if it comes out six and a quarter, fine. If it comes out six and a half, bets off because you, you're lying about the number. I'm not lying. That's what I made the number. You can't whoa, pass whoa, post whoa, me whoa, on that. Whoa, whoa. Who in the hell cares what you made the number? I care what the market number is. I do too. I'm not. I, and that's you. You're telling me with your best expertise, the market number should be six. If you're off by a half a freaking game, that's a monster miss. There has to be a. I'm not saying you lose the bet, I'm saying you misrepresent. It's like a guy saying his handicap's 20 and it's an eight. <laughs> I win. <laughs> I but I, that's, you know,
1: I'm confident in my numbers. Well, I would hope so. I yeah. can't believe you're even fighting it. Fair enough. It's a bet. Continue. Well, Burrow only played nine and a half games when that went down with the ACL. And then not only did we have to downgrade to Brandon Allen, then we had to downgrade further to Ryan Finley for some playing time as well. And so Bengals... Wally Balls its my alias. Yeah, Ryan Finley, horrible. And... People are going to look at the underlying stats for the Bengals. And I also think the Bengals are a little undervalued because I that, mean,
0: to some degree, if you're smart enough to be looking at the underlying stats, you're not smart enough to realize Joe Burrow missed these, some games. These math geeks are.
1: T- there's a lot of analytic math geeks that just, they just, they don't watch any games and they just look at the stats but at the end
0: of the game. You don't year. have to watch the games yes. to know that the, the number one pick had a, a, a graphic and catastrophic injury. Yeah, you do have to watch the games to know
1: that A.J. Green got targeted way, way too oh much over God. the course of the season, and that and really hurt their the offense the too. The increased
0: efficiency that would have come from not targeting him would have been a big difference. It would have been a difference. Not a huge difference. Well, luckily we have a bet on this. Yes. Is that it? My home team, Bengals, that's it. So we repeat uh, we through the five opinions.
1: All right, so we're Jacksonville, undervalued. I right, so you would like
0: over and give us the number I like I like all five overs so all right, so uh, these are undervalued teams so all overs give us the team and the projected number Jacksonville over 5 and a quarter
1: New England over 7 San Francisco over 9 Washington over 7 Bengals over 6
5: Big a winner
0: Big a winner Fez. all right we're going to not overdo the NBA but we're gonna let McKenzie. You did something we haven't put out yet. You know what we should do? Freshen that up. We'll put it out. Um, you think you can freshen it up by mid afternoon tomorrow?
3: Uh, it depends what you're
0: talking about. Uh, uh, a couple things I've been doing. Oh, I'm. welcome. We're talking about the since you've been gone or the. Uh, yeah, yeah. I can freshen that up. So time. you did kind of a recap of the NBA season to date. Yes. And that was done, end of last week? Yes. Yeah, so just freshen it up. Um, Give us the three biggest takeaways from that article. Now, Mackenzie focuses on the NBA. As listeners know, he's not much with the NFL. (laughs) And one day he may be. I think he's got talent. But he's a newer age, like the NBA, the analytics community is more developed there. Though he doesn't know R, but continue.
3: All right, so number one, the Utah Jazz. They were a team last year that if you were reading all the preseason blogs, they were one of the most hyped, you know, darling, dark horse candidates last season. Mm-hmm. And I agreed with that.
0: Because Pre-COVID. Was,
3: yes, because I thought Mike Conley, great point guard, is exactly what they need. You know, if they're fixing all their holes. Well, they didn't do so great last year, especially in the bubble. They lost to the Nuggets in round one.
0: Seven-game series up 3-1. Yeah,
3: and they had a shot to win it at the buzzer, that same Mike Conley. So this year, I actually think they're finally becoming the team that everyone expected last year. I think they're the finally realizing their potential. It all has to do with the chemistry between Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell, two above-average guards on offense and defense. And I think that's, that's really the crux of it. Rudy Gobert's playing as great as he ever was. You know, they have the three point shooting. They were number one last year. They're actually shooting better this year at 39%. And I think it's also. So just-
0: they were number one in percentage last year?
3: Yeah, 38% accuracy was number one. Now they're at 40, but, you know, small sample size. There's, a co- there's two teams higher than them the Bucks and the Clippers. So I'm excited for them. And I wrote this, you know. Uh, so
0: they've won 19 of 20 games. Right. right. So your, t- your take is the Jazz are good.
3: Yes, which was a much more strong. <laughs> My point is that the Jazz have tremendous upside, and that they have a a starting
0: better than nineteen and one. No, second best ATS run in thirty years. Okay, so be the best if it's nineteen and one. I mean, again, some people say eighteen one and one. I don't know, right? But yeah, let's say right there is good, if not, or as good, or a half a game worse. Okay, so my question is. We're not talking before that. Now, if Mackenzie said this 20 games ago, it would seem very <laughs> prescient. I, You know, I might even play, you know, the following drop. I mean, and, and, like, do so proudly, I would say. And I usually only play this for myself.
5: Do you know how some people get premonitions? I'm one of them.
0: But it's after. So what is your forward-looking... If your Ah, occupation is the the Jazz are good, I agree.
3: That it's not a fluke. That the Jazz are rightfully my number one power-rated team in the NBA.
0: So if I take the Lakers and you take the Jazz, and if uh, any other team wins, it's no bet, would you like that? I would not, no. Why?
3: The playoffs are a different animal.
0: So what is it about the Jazz that makes them not or underperform you would expect in the playoffs?
3: Two things. One is their home court advantage. The Jazz and the Nuggets have the best in the NBA because of the mileage. But in the playoffs, you get more accustomed to that high altitude, less of a factor.
0: And maybe you attribute Fezzik on that one? He's, he's <laughs> yes, been Fezzik, more forward with that than, I've than anyone I've heard. I've been for years,
3: and I've, I've definitely heard Faz say that on multiple occasions, so much so that I incorporated it into my own thinking and forgot to credit. That's
0: what he says when he steals your stuff.
3: <laughs> We're a lot alike.
0: <laughs> All right, I hear you. So to be clear about what you're saying is they never play back-to-back games in the playoffs, and thus that number of games, whatever it is, that Denver and Utah, each in their own, uh, each in their own cases, are the second of back-to-backs, or even the first – and on a long road trip, the combination of, and historically the Jazz teams and Denver teams have been in great shape, so it's not just the other team, the opponent is fatigued, but relative to, because they're playing at the high altitude all that time. But during the playoffs, since there's never a back-to-back, there's an upward pressure in the regular season on their record. Right. What would we guess the number of game wins to be? Like a two-win adjustment? Thinking about this, ponder as he continues, and jump in.
3: And the second reason why I don't think the Jazz, even though they're my number one power-rated team, uh, are a threat to the Lakers necessarily is that playoff experience. Outside of Mike Conley, there's no one that's made a round three in this group. And you know, we see, you know, you knock the door down, you, you hit the door, you hit the door, you knock it down. Mm-hmm. Usually in the NBA, you know, twenty-eight, twenty-nine year olds are the one ones wearing the rings at the end of the day, not twenty-three, twenty-four year olds.
0: Okay. Okay. But I mean, Lakers might be third seed, right? They might play them in the second round. Oh, I guess one and four would be. Um, So what you're saying is they're 19 and one. You think they're good. You think the 19 one's warranted, but not in any way that matters. I mean, I'm am trying to put it all together. I th- I think it matters. I think. Um, I mean, I mean, meaning not for the title. So what? The other what, 19 to uh, one. Uh, team. What odds would you take? What odds would you take the Jazz to win the title?
3: I'd need 15 to one.
0: So at the current 12 to one, no, thank you.
3: They wouldn't be my first choice in a futures pool. No.
0: I didn't ask that. Would you bet them a 12 to one? Have you bet them? No. Faz, when would you bet the Jazz?
1: Sixteen
0: to one. <laughs> it's like the price is right. <laughs> OK. I go a dollar. Now this feels too it feels very robotic to me, because isn't that the story? It almost feels anachronistic. Like it's like Jerry Sloan, well, he's dead. But, like, you know, they play, they play very hard. And, you know, it's back to the old Atlanta Hawks or San Antonio Spurs. This team doesn't feel like that. I mean, now, again, the, sh- the game's on as we're taping. They're down five and a half, the Jazz, playing the Clippers. And the thing about the Clippers is you don't want to perk them up. And you know the Jazz coming in at 19-1 to hmm. did that. So we'll see. It's a back-to-back also in L.A. Oh, they play the Lakers next?
1: No, they play the Clippers again.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Wow, that's interesting. Well, right I, tell on you, that, right? I tell you this, if Utah loses this game and, and if you guys look at the game and say nothing fundamentally has changed, I'll be all over the Jazz the next game, game two, hmm. because Clippers are going to be relaxed. They yeah. don't need to sweep them. They stopped that, you know, win streak. Yeah, yeah. I'll be watching out for that one. I wonder what the line would be. Because, I mean, I haven't been following the NBA lines night to night. I've, you know, started now. It, there wouldn't be a zigzag effect, do you think, would there? There would
1: be a zigzag.
0: Why? Because it's,
1: it, it's really the same as in the NBA playoffs. No,
0: it's not. In the NBA
1: playoffs, I mean. <sighs> I think there is a zigzag in the NBA. Now, there isn't in college basketball. You're well, right about
0: that. Well, hold on. Let's be clear what we're saying. My first instinct was there wouldn't be a zigzag back-to-back if it was in the playoffs. But now I'm thinking about it. It'd probably be less likely in the playoffs because the stakes are high. Yeah, It's just human nature. Okay. But you just said something about college. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. So there's a great deal of games this year with COVID where there are back-to-back, same venue, mm-hmm. back-to-back nights. And the odds makers don't price zigzag into that. But
0: how's the results doing?
1: The if you blindly bet the team that lost the first game, mm-hmm. you're fifty-two percent against the spread the second game. So not great. How many games are there? About hundred. Uh, yeah, small so small sample and
0: well it's not a small sample if it if it was sixty-two percent. Right, right. All right. All right. And NBA's been pricing it in, Mackenzie? Yes, it has
3: been. And um you actually look at all the times that this has happened this season. Teams that have lost the first game and played the same team within two days are uh, 26, 23 ATS plus two margin. So, right around that 53, 54%. Well,
1: that's the results, but what about
3: the actual lines? Yeah, well, I can just say anecdotally that it seems like they've been pricing it. In.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's the question. Eliminate, because to- <laughs> that's interesting. Back to back. So, obviously, there'd be a day off here, right? Because if. Yeah. Oh no no no! You're saying that the back-to-back is here, but is there a day off? This this
3: list includes if there's a day off or not. for the Clippers. You no, know,
0: I play. understand. I'm asking is there a day off in this? Yeah, they
3: play Friday. They play today and Wednesday.
0: Okay. Hmm. And this line might be different too, because Kawhi was uh, ended up being out, right? Right. Yes. Are we sure about that? Yes. Okay. Wow. Maybe that. It's always funny, because when. You don't know if someone's going to play, and then at the last minute he doesn't. The other team does tend to get de- um, deflated.
1: Yes, and it's it really seems like if you just bet the first halves, and this is anecdotal also, that you do really well betting on the depleted team because mm-hmm. the other team seems to take it for granted.
0: Mm-hmm. And then they perk up a little bit in theory. Okay. All right. So uh, I've got a jazz take. That I think is really strong, but I'm going to hold it to the end of your three. So number two, let me think LeBron's good.
3: (laughs) Um, LeBron is very good. I would say Anthony Davis is better. I'm in the minority opinion on that. What I find most interesting about the Lakers is how good they've been not playing these guys much. Anthony Davis is already out for a few weeks now, but he's been playing the least minutes of his career, 32 a game. LeBron, he's been playing a little more recently, but if you look at for the season, still the least of his career.
0: Okay, uh, now this surprises people. It surprised me. And we, today, you were uh, talking about in the pre show on Straight Out of Vegas. Uh, he's played every game. Yes. But his minutes per game are slightly less than last year. But last year was his least minutes prior to this year. Yes. Okay, and what's that minute count for LeBron? Thirty-four point seven. All right. So, and last year was like thirty-four point eight or something.
3: It was actually slightly lower, thirty-four point six.
0: So why are you saying the least of his career? Just two days ago, when
3: we were just the narrative. Yeah, when we when we did the SOV during the pre-show, that conversation you're talking about, it was. So
0: if Utah loses tonight, you'll still say they were nineteen and one streak. (laughs) Fair
3: point. Yeah,
0: let's just, you know, all you can say is, you know, I think it's easiest in that case to say, you know, this year and last year, the lowest of his career, you know, but fair enough. We're talking about a small amount. Now you're making an interesting point. The trend line's going up. So let's just look at LeBron's last five games, if you can, and read them off. Now, Fez, it's my belief that this is a matter of going for the MVP. Yes. Remember, one thing it's, 70, you know, it's, uh, what, 12 less games or whatever? Is it 72? 72. Yeah, so 10 less games. So the effort it's going to take to establish himself is, you know, relatively less. Number two, who, you know, Durant has surprised, I think, how quickly he's come back. But with the big three there, it's going to be hard for him to really make that big of a statement. Like People are sick of, I mean, sick Guy nice anti toko umpo. <laughs> he's not getting voted for. So who? I mean, who else?
1: Steph? Luca's below 500, so he's out of it. I'm Steph is a is still a big long. Five hundred German beers. And Golden State's barely above 500. You know, he, he's night. Steph's not going to win because Golden State's not good enough.
0: So Mackenzie, we did a profile on who wins the MVP. I haven't even looked at it yet. You want to kind of world premiere it?
3: Absolutely, we would love to. So there's two factors that seem to be predominant in MVP voting. Ten of the last twelve MVPs. Now, so why did we go back as far as we did? We defined the modern eras of since LeBron's first MVP.
0: Yeah, because obviously, considering LeBron's so front and center in this one, I, that felt right. Continue. Ten of the last twelve MVPs have had the number one seat in their Eastern
3: Conference. I mean, or Eastern or western, number one seat in their conference. And 10 of the last 12 MVPs were number one by player efficiency rating or PER. So there's one person, there's one person that fits both of those categories. Number one uh, on their team? Number one in the league.
0: Yeah. So well, hold on.
3: Yeah.
0: Hold on. You're saying 10 of the last 12 seasons, the person who led the NBA in PER, his team was the number one seed. That doesn't seem possible.
3: So the ten, the 10 of 12s don't do mat, don't match up exactly.
0: So say, the, say it all again.
3: So not so – Say
0: it all again. Just okay. start
3: over. <laughs> 10 of the last 12
0: – In fact, let's do this. Let's just cut that. Okay. All right. So we're going to go back to – I said, do you want to present this information? We're going to start there. Th- and nothing's wrong. Three, two, one.
3: All right. I would love to uh, present this information. It's fascinating stuff when I was pulling it up. How it
0: I'm sorry. Easy. Cut that. I don't want wasted words. Sure. Right? I mean, that is when you sound very insincere when you do that. Just, okay. dude, you're good when you get going. Just just share. Fez is even training. He's nodding. yep. <laughs> but I'm not, listen, if you don't know what to say, that's fine. But, it, like, when you are, it's moment. You know when you're listening to someone, you okay. want them to get to it. All right, three, two, one.
3: So we profiled the last 12 MVPs. We decided that LeBron's first MVP was kind of the indicator of the modern NBA. And 10 of the last 12 MVPs have had the number one seed in their conference at the end of the season.
0: All right, so 10 of the 12. So there's only been two MVPs that didn't have the number one seed. Who are those two?
3: Russell Westbrook in 2017, he was the sixth seed.
0: hmm
3: And LeBron James in 2012 was the second seed.
0: Okay. And that was kind of a year that people felt like LeBron could have gotten it. Yeah. I mean... I mean, meaning he could have... Been the number one seed if he cared. Yeah, there, was, the, was the perception
3: they were right there with the Bulls. Derrick Rose didn't play that many games, so it was an easy case for the number two seed in that case.
0: Okay, so it was the. I'm not sure what you're saying. There,
3: there was no strong case for a player on a number one seed that year because Derrick Rose only played half the season, and even though
0: yeah, they- but that's a different thing. I I think what I'm saying is if if someone does poorly the voter's got to an answer for it in his mind. Like, why would I vote for it? And if it felt like LeBron and the team played hard, but they weren't worried about chasing that number one seat because of their confidence, I think it, you, it allows the voter to excuse the lack of that criteria being met, would be my thought. And then the other example is, and don't forget, I mean, it's outdated now, but the Oscar Robinson... Averaged a triple-double was said, I don't know, 10 million times. And when someone finally did it, it was like, wow, hitting 400. And, you know, that's obviously been reevaluated. So it took an extraordinary statistical season, almost like someone averaging 40. That's interesting. Wow, Jordan averaged 37, right? But, you know, someone averaging 38 or averaging a triple-double... I'm not sure which one would have surprised me more. So it was a shocker, which kind of said all bets are off. Okay. The second criteria.
3: Fascinating the symmetry here. 10 of the last 12 MVPs have been ranked number one in the league by player efficiency rating or PER.
0: Okay. So that's not the same 10 of 12. Right. But 5-6, so 86% of the time, the MVP is the number one seed. Eighty-six percent of the time, the MVP is the leader of PER. Yes. Who's the two exceptions?
3: Curry in twenty fifteen was third in PER, and Derrick Rose in twenty eleven was ninth in PER.
0: What's the current PER standings?
3: Joel Embiid is number one. Let me pull it up here. And the Joker, Jokic. Yes. And uh-huh. to me, to me the. MVP conversation starts there, Jokic and Embiid.
0: Well, the odds say otherwise. Yeah, yep. Current odds.
3: LeBron is the favorite at plus one seventy, followed by Jokic at five to one, Embiid plus five fifty.
0: Okay, Jokic is not winning the MVP. Not if they keep
3: losing to the Wizards like
0: that. They no, they're too. not. He's not winning the MVP.
3: And Embiid kind of
1: qualifies in both areas right now because Philly does have the best record in the east along with that PER 5 to
0: 1
3: plus 550 but he's missed some games right not many yeah
0: listen i i believe perhaps he missed the utah game on purpose <laughs> mm i mean what i'm saying is he was tweaked you know, uh, I could play, but why? Especially if you're out there at ninety percent and get embarrassed. Because uh, obviously, Gobert, and I'll talk about his defense.
1: That is a really, Really great point. That, cynical. Uh, I don't know what cynical is or sim- cynical, but
0: no, I said cynical is in cynicism of. of well, of I
1: think thinking it, the worst. W- wait a minute, I'm the I'm the second. You know, I'm the best big man in the NBA, but I'm going up against the best defensive big man in the NBA in altitude, and I'm not 100% business decision.
0: Yeah, I think he's thinking about narrative. And obviously, why else did he work so hard? I mean, like, in a way, if people are saying, you know, again, Steve, I think you can relate to this, but if people are saying... If you changed your ways so you didn't hear that, but you actually heard this, that would mean you heard it. <laughs> right? So Embiid's saying, I don't want to be called fat and lazy. It was funny. I listened to Barkley. was on Bill Simmons' podcast, and he said that Moses Malone, you know, who was amazing, was a mentor to him. And you know he was there in Philly for more. I don't know how many three, four years I think uh, before he got traded. And um, Barkley, his rookie year, went up to his room and said, "You know Moses, can I ask you a question?" He goes, "I don't seem to be breaking through. I'm not getting the playing time I want. What's going on?" Moses looked at him and goes, "You're fat and you're lazy." (laughs) (laughs) And he said. Your fatness is making you lazier. <laughs> eh, kind of concise. <laughs> because Moses was a man of few words. But people listened when he talked. I like him beat here. So is there a place that we can buy low? Because I mean, like what's the schedule look like? Because if it's easy, I think we we maybe buy now. And let's be candid. Oh, and this is probably the most important part of this. If LeBron has a setback, meaning he has to miss two weeks, meaning uh, he has a bad 10-day stretch, he'll, he'll stop this. Meaning he's saying, you know, it's like saying, should I run this marathon? It's like, well, let's see how we're doing, right? And go ahead. Remember, Anthony Davis is out probably until April. So what's
1: going to happen is that LeBron at some point, like you were saying,
0: he has to well, hold on. To, I heard, I heard like three weeks. Now how do we get to April? I've heard that Doogie,
1: one of the talk shows was like out there, and I don't recall which one was talking about odds. So, of, is he some gonna,
0: some un, un, unnamed voice on the radio,
1: whether they were going to come, whether going to come back in March, April, or May. Was the discussion?
0: And this was who,
1: said? It, it was at, it was actually Mike Palm.
0: Okay, so what special insight does Mike Palm have? None. So why do we care? Well, I because medically he, he could come back in March. So but, you know this?
1: Well, that's what the diag- like you said the diagnosis was. We know that he could come back in three weeks, probably. Based well, I, upon no, no, no. What we're I'm,
0: I'm saying I'm going by published reports, right? I, it could have been reports since I saw that. I'm just saying, like people are trying, uh, listen, nothing against anyone. People are trying to fill airtime, right? Because they're, you know, it's tough to fill multiple hours a day. And when you're funny, you can. <laughs> but the reality is, that feels like a pure speculation of, hmm, if he's out anyway, does this regular season really matter? But unless, wouldn't we agree unless someone, like a reporter or something, said these, this is what's being considered, why would we even contemplate it until we heard that? Because once he's healthy enough to come back, the choice is just the same as the day before he got hurt, right?
1: Should, Except for he was healthy enough to come back already from the injury and he just reaggravated it. So it would make sense they're going to be more careful the second time. Yeah,
0: but more careful is not a matter of months. Yeah, It might be. When's the last time someone in the NBA that was a top 10 player didn't play for a month plus when he could have? Hmm. We're back to one of the world premieres, Fez. So I'm just trying to help you kind of navigate because you got great instincts on a lot of things. Gathering news is not one of them, Mm -hmm. right? In general, don't believe what they say. I think here's the thing. Most people are full shit, just whoever they are. And in general, people are only going to say things that are against their interest when it's true. That's kind of in court. That's a belief in the court. When you say something against your interest, it is believed to be true because why else would you say it? So if someone confesses to a crime, it's not a debate. He's either, you know, they believe that he's guilty. If someone's saying something advantageous to them, or you can't imagine them saying the opposite. The opposite is less advantageous or more disadvantageous. You don't believe it. It could be true, just like I didn't even flip a coin for Mackenzie. It could be true <laughs> that, that, that uh, you know maybe it's 50-50 if it's true. So half the time it's going to be. But in general, ask yourself, what does radio host XYZ, doesn't matter if it's Colin or whatever, how big, how small – how would they know this? They and, don't. Yeah. Well, unless it's published, I don't think, you know, again, maybe. And that's why I think when you do listen, like I listen to Mike Lombardi a lot, right? Uh, when it's NFL season, I do as much as I can because I think he's great at the NFL. Uh, he's a true expert. I can kind of tell, and I've, you know, gotten to talk to Mike, off, you know, off air a few times and for dinner and stuff, and which has been a pleasure, is... I kind of think I'm at the point I know when he knows something, he just can't source it. So he'll say, well, I'm hearing, and, you know, he's not as delicate about it as Colin is, and I know when Colin, just by listening all these years, he's got, when he talks with a certain amount of certainty, an, uh, an, un, uh, an unusual amount of certainty, but he doesn't source it, it means he knows it. He just doesn't want to burn the person that told him or he doesn't have permission to say. And that could be, Right. A host might like be connected. Like Gottlieb is connected with various teams. Otherwise, I'm skeptical, sure. right? So, I would think the lake Here's what tells me the market doesn't think he's going to miss much more. Because if he did miss eight or ten weeks, Anthony Davis, you got to bring the Lakers' odds worse than their odds, just because their their seed is going to be so much worse.
1: But with a COVID year in home field, worth so little. I don't know if that really matters. I mean.
0: Well, first of all, are we sure how many fans are going to be in the playoffs? We aren't. Once again, right? So I don't know. It feels like a, I'm hearing about second shots. I'm hearing a lot that, you know, that, that in town here there's people that have taken their second dose. No, I just saw it on the news, dude.
1: Yeah, but this, this, these are all, like, people going to the front of the line. Yeah, they, mean,
0: they're not able to go to NBA games? Nurses and doctors? All right.
1: Maybe we fill the arenas with vaccinated medical health care. It's possible.
0: maybe it's half. Yeah. Or a third. The Super Bowl just had some people there.
1: Yeah, 22,000, 23,000.
0: Yeah. So, again, I don't know, mm-hmm. right? I'm pretty sure if they're ever going to do it, the conference finals would be a place they'd do it, right? The seeds matter. And you know what? It even would matter in theory if it's just the finals. Yes, I've heard people say, and again, this is speculation, that they might go to a bubble again for the playoffs. Have you heard that, McKenzie?
3: I've heard that speculated, yeah.
0: Because the theory is they can have a team miss a week and it's no big deal here, but what happens if that happens during the playoffs? But that would go the other way, right? I mean, meaning that... So, but I think there's a... a, I think there's a greater than zero chance, or I, I think the possible effect of Anthony Davis being out for six or eight weeks is greater than zero effect on their chance to win the title. Yes. And the odds haven't moved. So it doesn't mean that the market's perfect, but it doesn't think it's so. It's a good point. Yeah. Continue, McKenzie. Uh, on to my third topic. Oh, So you're done. So we capped the Lakers? That- oh, So kind of like the MVP. So what you're saying is the Lakers are doing well. LeBron's playing every game. But he's not playing. you know, He's playing as uh, about as few minutes as he ever has. Uh, so what? Again, it seems like it's kind of cross purposes. What What is the takeaway?
3: <laughs> it, w- it would seem like short sighted just to say that the Lakers are a good team or that they have a great shot to win the title. But I think I've been pessimistic on the Lakers.
0: But, oh wait, the Lakers are good.
3: Yes, the Lakers are good. Shocker. So the
0: ja- so the defending champs are good. <laughs> and The team with the best record is good.
3: And I was pessimistic on the Lakers. I think they lucked into, you know, really easy schedule in the finals. So
0: wait, you were pessimistic once they signed who they signed?
3: Yes, I mean, yeah, I was. I
0: was so interested. who who was surprised you in the supporting cast?
3: Dennis Schroeder, by far. I, I didn't think he was in above. I didn't think he was an above average player. Turns out he's one of the better, uh, you know, one of the better 6 man guards. He starts some games, but you know, in that range in the league, he's been really good.
0: And you didn't expect LeBron to play as hard as he has?
3: De- definitely not.
1: Definitely. I, I thought LeBron might take like every third game off after, you know, coming. How how much time did he have off? Two and a half months? You know, oh, this shocks yeah. me. Yeah, less than that. Yeah.
0: I mean, when you count camp, right? Everybody.
1: Yeah. So. Kuzma's been better than expected, too.
0: Yeah, by all accounts, this team is better than last year's team. That's I mean, assuming so LeBron is as good, and he is, right? I mean, we're not seeing him, Mark. But back to the MVP bet, I think that let's say Anthony Davis is out, let's say five weeks, a little bit longer than we expect, right? So LeBron's going to try to carry the load himself because if anything, it's like, you know, I gave a bet on straight out of Vegas, you know, one of my impromptu bets, and another winner is I thought, okay, The Nets are going to really, Harden is going to want to make a statement when he's the lone play, uh, big three against Phoenix. And they did. He did. And I think LeBron will say, this will be Anthony Davis's injury is what is the clouds I'll ride to my fifth MVP because everyone's going to say, and when Davis was out for blah, blah weeks, LeBron kept him winning. I mean, yes. That is an opportunity. And LeBron should have
1: been MVP last year because look at how they kicked ass in the playoffs and so we're going to give him some extra i saying that. I'm saying it. I'm going to give him Except extra. Except the MVP
0: is a regular season award.
1: I understand.
0: So you thought LeBron had a better regular season than Giannis? No, I'm just I'm just saying I'm going to give or him favor. You're fav- saying something that's irrational. I don't think it's irrational. W- wait, that someone would say that LeBron had a better regular season is not irrational last year? I'm saying the fact that the Lakers won a title last year, but it's a regular season award. The MVP. This is a popularity vote. But these are the. Let's be straight now. Who votes for the MVP? It's professional writers, so they're not. You know, they don't have a mansion and a yacht, maybe, but they're not like. I know you think everyone that's not you is just like all, but like like mouth, like mouth breathing and stuff. The guys that you know. A lot of Northwestern grads are voting.
3: Fair enough. (laughs) Yep, Rachel Nichols for one, yep.
0: So, I mean, I guess the point I'm making is you tend to think that anyone else is so stupid. Like they can't figure out that Joe Burrow was out. Or or somehow LeBron should have won it last year even though Giannis had such a clearly better regular season. I do think there's a career element to it that though it's not necessarily what it's supposed to be, MVPs, when a guy has what is expected to be his last great regular season, they tend to get a sympathy vote or yes. a sympathetic eye. So I think that helps LeBron too. Here's what I think. I think at the end of Anthony Davis' uh, absence, LeBron will either be a prohibitive favor or he won't be the favor. I think it's going to go to the tails. If he is able to stay healthy and keep them winning, he's got it. If not, I think he abandons it and starts taking off games himself.
3: I agree with that. So, Ma- master of the narrative, he knows this is his moment. Last six games, I just looked it up, 39 minutes per game. So he, that's like prime LeBron uh, years, you know, 39 minutes per
0: game. So that means before that, he was what? I mean, like 32, yeah, was like, 30,
3: was like 32. Both him and Davis were super 32, yeah. So he
0: was over two mid, uh he was – almost three minutes below his career average. And now he's, or I'm sorry, almost three minutes below his career low. Right. And now he's, it was thirty. Was he ever 39 for a whole season?
3: Yeah. I mean, he's always been a freak of nature, but... uh, Just has, answer the
0: question, please. Yeah, the last
3: time he was 39 was 2010.
0: Okay. So over a decade ago is the last time he played as many minutes for a season as he's played the last six games. And Anthony Davis has been out... None of those, right? Uh, just the the one, or none? The one, and then he's been out like four games. Four of the last six. Yeah. When did he get hurt? Wasn't it just recently? I th- I thought it was more recently. But he was he had something else, or?
3: Yeah, he missed he missed two games, and then they brought him back for two games. And all,
0: right, all right, hit. all right. So okay, it's hard to then make the narrative cases, but it does show he's gonna step up. Without Anthony Day, and even with those minutes, I know
1: they made a business decision with LeBron at Denver because they got down 18 in the fourth yeah, quarter. Yeah, but and that's not gonna hurt. They, yeah, well, it should would have been even higher if he if he had played uh, that fourth okay.
0: quarter and he didn't. But in general, LeBron, you know, they'll be in the games. He'll be playing hard until he thinks he can't. You know, until he. Here's the question. I think it's unequivocal that if LeBron makes any decisions any with the mvp in mind he's by definition hurting he's trading an increased chance of the mvp he's decreasing his chance at a title yes because otherwise he would if he was just focused on the title he wouldn't do it for the mvp right so the times that he's doing it just for the mvp right when he works out or he stretches he's doing it for both But if he plays an extra minute, doesn't take a day off. Well, those days off are important, right? That's why he's always done it or whatever he's always done. In a way, you could call it selfish. It's human, but it's selfish. Yeah, when you're home against Cleveland, do you really have to play? Uh, And do you really have to put up 60 whatever? Or what did he put up against the Cavs? It's a big (laughs) number, right? Take that, you billionaire owner. I'll be a billionaire one day.
3: Yeah, he scored 46 in his first trip back to Cleveland in over two years.
0: Yeah, and again, that's human, right? Yeah. Okay, so my point is if LeBron drops out, and let's say there's a one in three chance that he drops out as in he's not trying for the MVP anymore, who wins it? I mean, isn't Embiid the clear favorite at that point? I don't see how you could give it to anybody else. Jokic
3: is a great player, but his team is not in the top 4 in the West.
0: Most people don't can't pronounce his name. Exactly. And I get it that I'm saying all oh, these voters are smart, but to some degree they're living in this world and they don't and their votes become public if I'm not mistaken, so I don't know.
1: Lillard's team isn't good enough. Portland's not going to win enough games.
0: Plus, where's Denver? What's Denver's uh, projected wins? They're they're only 15 and 12. But where are they seated right now? They might only make the playoffs. Seventh after this loss tonight. Yeah. So, I mean, literally, it's LeBron getting second, and Oscar Robinson being vanquished is the only time Mm -hmm. that it hasn't been won. Forget seven. And Jokic is doing nothing that, on the face of it, is statistically shocking, right? He's not averaging thirty six. If anything, he's just a super. He's like, you know what he's like. He's like scoring better by a little, you know, by well, by more than a little. But he's like, um. Oh, I apologize. I'm getting tired. The uh, the guy we were talking about from Golden State, that uh, Draymond. Draymond. Yeah. I'm sorry. Draymond, like four years ago when he was in his prime, and remember Malinsky said Draymond's like the fifth or sixth most valuable p- player in the NBA. His stats didn't say that, but that probably was true. And I mean, isn't that again? He's got more points, but isn't that the case for Jokic? Is that you know he's a glue guy? He makes the pass. He, I mean, he can if, shoot the three. Yeah, but it, that adds to the points.
5: Mm-hmm. But
0: if he just, if he wasn't a glue guy, if he just how many points is he scoring a game?
3: 27 a game.
0: All right. If that's all he did, meaning 27, 3 assists, 2 rebounds, he wouldn't be in the conversation. No,
3: he'd be Bradley Beal. Hmm.
0: Yeah. So I mean what I'm saying is it's the glue guys are the ones that are fun to talk about or maybe it's more than that. The guys with the, you know, the multifaceted game, they're fun to talk about. But you know what we should do, McKenzie? We have this, right? What was their points per game for the winners?
3: Yeah, I got that right here. On average, it was uh,
0: 28 and a half. Okay. And read down the the winner's points. The the, the team, or I'm sorry, the uh, player and the points, starting most recently.
3: Giannis, 30. Giannis, 28. Harden, 30. Westbrook, 32, Curry, 30, Curry, 24, Durant, 32, LeBron, 27, LeBron, 27, Rose, 25, LeBron, 30, LeBron, 28.
0: That's interesting because my thought was going to be that there was a super dominant part to their stat line. But just LeBron being there presupposes that it was going to be someone that wasn't just about points, right? Because LeBron's a multifaceted, you know, excellent player in that regard. I guess the next thing I'm thinking of, how big was the brand entering the year? So if you had to just guess, let's name the players one more time. Obviously, LeBron's going to be the one, right? So other than LeBron, who won it? And what was their brand entering the year? So Steph Curry's first win, was that the year it was unanimous, or, blah, 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 or was that the second year?
3: The second year was unanimous, yeah.
0: And 24, though, was the first year. Yeah. So you won it with 24. What was the stat line beyond that?
3: 24, eight assists, four rebounds. That was the 73-win team. Oh, that was the next year when it was unanimous.
0: So what? So what, how many wins did they have that year he won it? 67. Okay. So that was like the fifth best team of all time. Because I would say at that, they had won the title the year before too, right?
3: Yes, they won the title the the year that he won '67, that first MVP year.
0: Okay, so wow, they were twenty five to one entering the year, and they won sixty seven games. I, in my mind, because of that twenty five to one, I thought that they had, you know, they obviously made the playoffs, but I didn't think they had that, like, were that many wins. Wow, without Durant. Now, obviously, they had Iggy and, you know, a different depth. They didn't have Looney. <laughs> you know, they say Looney's actually having a good year. Um, it just feels like Jokic, he, you could look at it one way and say he doesn't check this one, but when you combine that he has an almost a non-existent brand when we're talking about this level, right, meaning the, the stars of the stars.
1: And the fact that. Everyone lumps Denver and Utah together. I know I do. The two mountain teams, and Utah's the much better team that's got to hurt Jokic and Denver.
0: That's interesting. Uh, Yeah, I thought you were being a little wacky, but you brought it back around. (laughs) So, yeah, it's a good point. Um, But then, I mean, the dominant point here is that they're not even close to the number one seed. (laughs) So, yeah, I think... Is there any reason M doesn't finish the year as strong as he started it other than injury? Because, I mean, it took a lot of effort to get into shape. He'll have some flat games because he's just a, you know. But other than that, it feels like he, I mean, he might next year I wouldn't be optimistic. I mean, it feels like a good bet. And it's a story. It's like it
1: kind of feels like it's got to be LeBron or MV, doesn't it? I mean, mm. it's like it, it's like a whole lot has to go wrong for one of those two guys not to win.
0: I think so. And then, like, who would win? How many games are we into this season?
3: Uh, what, 28, twenty-eight, twenty-nine.
0: So let's think. So three 35 seconds. is going to be halfway. Mm-hmm. Thirty-six. Hmm. Huh i tell you this. At five and a half to one, I mean, what? We have a 15% chance we got a positive EV bet, right? Yeah. And LeBron's not 85. And I don't see how anyone else wins it. It's not like I could see Curry if it wasn't that he's just not built for even a 72-game season with this much workload. If anything, I would – amongst – that's an interesting question. Rank, let's put Curry in with Jokic and say that's the top four. Right? Is that fair? Yeah. If you had to bet, who's going to have worse stats from here? Who would be number one in your draft? That The most likely to have worse stats from here relative to the stats up to this point? Thinking. Because to me, it's Curry one and LeBron two and LeBron just because maybe it won't be worse stats, but you know, a lot less usage would be my guess. If he does decide to give up on it.
3: I like that. I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, I just think shooting wise Curry, especially with more and more double teams, He's not gonna shoot forty-five percent from three like he's been doing.
0: Plus he's he's just not a big guy, and it's and he was very young when he carried that team.
1: Yeah, it's gonna wear down and as opposed to even if he
0: does a little bit, it makes man. all the, cause he's got a surge to win. Right. Yeah. Who's so after that, who is it? If we assume here's the thing, we might want to look at a long shot because here's the thing. I think Curry fades. I think also Curry's second MVP being so pronounced doesn't sit well meaning there's a lot you hear a lot of people kind of double talking that that they made a mistake i don't know where the mistake was but i'm saying it didn't feel like he should be like the like michael jordan never had a, a, a there was never a time that he didn't have a dissenting vote but curry somehow they're
1: just changed. and they're just not good enough you know golden state's not going to win enough games is the bottom
0: line yeah so now here's the question and B could just start eating and not right. stop till the playoffs. Let's be candid. But if we're getting plus 550, we're not worried about that. LeBron could abandon. This or could get hurt. I mean, he's old. He's in great shape, but he's still old. Jokic isn't winning it.
1: Kawhi's not going to play enough
0: games. Well, I don't want to just start randomly picking people. Mm-hmm. Who's the next favorite?
3: Donkic at uh, 10 to 1?
0: They're not L- even going to make who?
3: the They're L- not even going to make the playoffs oh. <laughs> the way things are going. Continue. Kevin Durant at 11 to
0: 1. Okay. I think that gets a little piece. I got to be honest with you. more I think about this, the only thing that stops me from Durant is that big three. If they hadn't traded for Harden, I would love Durant. He's far. Quantify how much he's exceeded expectations.
3: There's only been one player ever to score 30 and shoot 50, 40, 90 splits.
0: All right. So 50 on field goal percentage? Yes. 40 on three, 90 on free throw.
3: Yes, and we just mentioned that was Steph Curry in his unanimous MVP season. Durant's only averaging 29, but he's right there in every other category. He's having his best season.
0: When there was, uh, at his age, and with the Achilles especially, there was real questions about that.
3: Yeah, not only will he be his best season, will he be you know a top 10 player was the question coming into the year.
0: So all it takes is LeBron, to abandon it or get hurt, even for two, three weeks, right? In a way, I think what we do is put a unit on, uh, I think that's right, a unit on Embiid, a half a unit on Durant. So we have the same win, mm. right? Because it's 11 to 1 versus five and a half mm. to 1, right? And now, if LeBron falters, we almost have it. I think if LeBron falters, we're over 80% to have it. And who else would have it? So who's after that?
3: Giannis, 13 to 1.
0: He's not going to win it.
3: No, I don't think so. Big drop off after that. Damian Lillard, 25 to 1.
0: No. Where's Gobert?
3: He's not the first Jazz player. That'd be Mitchell at 50 to 1. Gobert's not on our sheet here, so he's. One-
0: in, in, in the in the last payoff is what. Two hundred fifty to one. Do me a favor. Does, he
1: doesn't average enough points. He only- D-
0: Trust me. Do me a favor. Mm-hmm. He's going to be. I mean, Steve, you're right. Meaning, if I can, if we can envision a path, even if it's like it takes like rolling uh, six three straight times, right? That's going to be thirty-six times six, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to be getting better than that. So what I'm saying is, and this will be a good segue, and this will probably be the last thing we do here. We'll go to Esler. Um, it's been a good, I think it's been, McKenzie. you've added a lot to the NBA discussion.
3: Sure.
0: This is from John Hollinger, uh, you know, who was a front office guy. He actually invented PER. So pretty knowledgeable. And he, I heard this this weekend, and it really resonated with me. He said the following, the Utah Jazz, and, and Mackenzie, kind of affirm or disagree with this each step of the way. The Utah Jazz are, by the way, up 15 right now against the Clippers. The Utah Jazz are good. Let me start with that. I mean, they're just running away with it. Now, that's going to be interesting if Quiet comes back for the next game. Mm-hmm. Boy, if the Jazz win that one, that will be a statement. Okay. The Utah Jazz have undersized, everyone on the court except Gobert is undersized. That's true. Okay. Everyone on the court except Gobert is an above average for their position outside shooter. Yep. So you can make the case, this feels almost like a, you know, um, Dan Tony type trade off. Ah. We're taking offense over defense. But where does Utah rank on defense? And the reason for that that it's gonna be better than because that sounds like they should be twenty fifth.
3: They're number two currently on defense. How could that be, Steve? They've got a great goalie.
0: hmm. Not hockey, but <laughs> What Hollinger said was that Gobert is so dominant protecting the rim and that the height issue, it's not like these guys don't, uh, or it's not like they lack tenacity. It's, not, it's like they're undersized. So in a way, the economics work too. It's like here's a flawed player, except they're not flawed in this one scenario, that they have Gobert protecting the rim. And here, to me, you're going to love this. there's one time that Gobert is neutralized on defense. There's only one player who is good enough inside that Gobert has to guard him inside and also good enough outside that Gobert got to follow him out. So let's think about that. Everybody else is either an outside type five, and they just put the four, whoever that, who is that? Who's their four? Joe Ingles or Derek Favors? They put him on the center saying, this guy's not really a center because he's not inside on the blocks, and Gobert gets a sit on the four or whoever's inside. And even if he's not inside, he's fine. He's staying inside. Whoever the weakest defender is, Gobert, or offensive guy, Gobert takes him effectively. But you can play zone now, right? Okay. So only the Joker Mm -hmm. is good enough outside that Gobert's got to follow him out. Because imagine like a Mark Eaton or something, right? Gobert would cover him inside, but you'd take Eaton outside and Gobert would have to follow him, but he doesn't have to follow him because he can't shoot outside. Like those guys, he doesn't, there's not many of those left, but okay. I mean, maybe Embiid would be that in theory. If you took if Embiid went outside, I mean, you don't mind him shooting three. Exactly. You know yeah. You've won. So I mean, cause in theory, you would just take Gobert outside if Embiid played against him and <laughs> and figured let the rest of the offense but Gobert says, ah, I'll stay in here in a French accent. I'll stay in here, right? But the Joker you got to follow out. And the Joker can't be guarded by no power forward inside. So, in the 21 games, we'll add one to it. They're going to be good, but 19 or 20 and one, it looks like. Best ever. And 20 and one against the spread or some variation. Right? I guess it'd be 19, one and one. The two games that they did the worst against the spreads against Denver, they lost against Denver and they won by four against Denver. In the other 19 games, they won by eight points once against the Pacers and by double digits in every other game. So they're better than they seem except when they play Denver.
1: Except when they play like a big husk. No, no, there is no big
0: other. I know you want to repeat what I said, but less accurately. Avoid that. It's it's one guy. It's the Joker. Strong. And, again, this is, to me – why finding the right things to listen to, and then, you know, intently listening and putting it together. I find that to be – I will be betting. And, Mackenzie, as we were riffing on this today, you looked up the ATS of Denver against Utah because, in theory, this is applicable last year, too, and what we discovered.
3: Last two seasons, 9-3 and against the spread, the Nuggets against the Jazz.
0: So, I mean, listen, what's the statistical odds – that the two I guess we know the odds if it was random Denver would have a 1 in 21 chance of having the best result and a 1 in 20 chance of having the second best result so it's like 500 to 450 to 1 or you know over 400 to 1 that Denver would be the two worst results for Utah if it was random
1: same odds as getting back to back blackjacks
0: yes that really helped us <laughs> I don't even, I, to me, I, I I was never a blackjack guy, but I would, I. but maybe we shouldn't get off subject. How would you, could you bet Utah against Denver, understanding that? No. I don't think so.
1: Especially, remember, Utah lost to Denver 4-3 in the playoffs. So if there's one team this year I'm going to put my most focus in, it's the team that knocked me out
0: last year, and yet we're still screwing yeah, it that, up. You're making a really good point there. That we had, though Utah is generally uh, highly motivated for spots. Maybe they shouldn't, or they typically other teams wouldn't be. They're going to be extra motivated for redemption, for revenge, and they've had their two worst results. Mm-hmm. Now, that added to the conversation. I think it's a stunningly important thing because the flip side is. Utah's is be- – what, what NBA team has ever – you know, what's the average margin of victory in those games? All right. So just subtract out the two, right? So take out – you know, make the denominator 19 and make the net margin, uh, I guess what? It's going to be four. How much did they lose by? I'm not even sure. But, you know, give me the actual uh, – give me the margin even keeping the Denver games then.
3: Plus 14 before this – Game against the Clippers.
0: And they're about a – I mean, what NBA team has ever won by 14 points? And I know we're backfitting one thing here. But over a 20-game period.
1: Oh, I think that does happen. Because Milwaukee had like a plus 11.5 for like almost the entire season one year.
0: Okay. And and, and that was like the fifth best uh, net margin of any team in NBA history, right? Yeah. So, what we're saying is over, you know, a quarter of even a full season, I mean, what I'm saying is I think the Jazz are potentially, and again, if we believe the Denver caveat against anyone else, they're as good as any team's been in the last, since at least the Heat, like the Heat with LeBron in the big three. They were, you know, they won, what was it, 29 straight games or whatever? 27, Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I guess as as a professional batter, how can conven- like how quantify what you, what you think we've discovered here, like how important it is, how substantial it is.
1: I don't think it's that important.
0: It's not important.
1: It's not what's important is the Denver classification. That is like enormous. That Denver has this mismatch edge against Utah, but I'm con. I think we've identified how good Utah is, but I think that it's too late you everyone knows utah's really good because of this streak right
0: but what i'm saying is they just covered another game
1: yeah but it, if you had to ask me the rest of the year will utah cover over I'm or under saying 50% that, I'd, an, I'd say under you would
0: only say under if you believe they're probably valued right mm. now mm. and what i'm saying is i'm saying just the very fact that 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 20 and 1 with one close game becomes 19 and 0 if Utah were 19 and 0, how much more highly valued would they be? Yeah, and you know,
1: you're, sell, you're selling me now because my knee jerk is to so go against a streak like that because it becomes um, overpriced. But clearly, it's not overpriced. These spreads keep you know massively underrating Utah non-Denver games.
0: So and you know what they they are stomping them right now. They're, going, they're up 20 and it. It's like all on pregame.com is just blinking red. The the Jazz are just you know I'm
1: going to recant. I think I I think I screwed that up. I just I I think I'm so contrarian that it's it's hard for me to believe like a team could go on a streak like this. But they do. Like I think back to college basketball. Remember when Loyola they covered every game. And the betters in the
0: tournament.
1: No, before the tournament, oh, they, okay. that was a team that was like 26 and five. They only got an 11 seed, but they, Yeah, and the public's
0: not really involved in yeah. these kind of teams either. But the
1: public wasn't involved with Utah until like three games ago.
0: And I would make the following case, especially if they beat uh, the Clippers again. I think the game, who do they play after that? I think the game after that, I don't look to fade them, but I don't look to bat them because they're going to be tired. Mm. There's going to be a big collective breath.
3: We'll be hosting the Hornets next Monday.
0: Yeah. So I'm not saying bet him every game. I'm just saying I got no interest to bet against this team. It's interesting.
1: By the way, you asked me earlier in the show about the extra home field, how many wins it's worth. So I came up with 1.6, assuming an extra one point for home field.
0: Home court for the altitude teams. Yes. Okay.
3: Over 41 games is about 1.6.
0: So we so we think that additional one and a change wins has him just way overrated. No, no. Then we're recanting it's, that, or not recanting it. No, I'm we're, just,
1: I'm just de-escalating it. No, I just you you estimated two wins. So yeah, but what
0: I'm saying is you, to the point that you have a trademark on that that he you know infringed upon, is it significant? And if so, explain how.
1: Well, I think. McKenzie did a nice job on my trademark talking about how when the playoffs roll around, when that doesn't have that advantage. That's right.
0: So what you're effectively saying is, there be let's say the team wins 52 games. You're saying they really should have only won 50.8 games, and if the market understood that they're really a 50.8 team, not a 52, they would be priced differently,
1: slightly. Yes.
0: Okay. So my question is, is that Is that 1.2 win significant enough to be something we talk about every time? Like to say, well, we couldn't possibly bet Utah Mm -hmm. in the playoffs. Probably not. So you can have it then, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think it's a noteworthy thing. Um,
1: and it might it might be a little bit more,
0: RJ, oh, more because towards
1: two. Let me minutes. ask it. Let me. It might be two and a half. Let me ask you this. Oh, oh my gosh, he's
0: yeah, more than doubling it. Well, now. here's here's why. That's just the home court. You're advantage. arguing against yourself. Five minutes later,
1: I, I understand, but this is important because did you tell a lot of teams make.
0: I th- yeah, maybe I, I, you should tell yourself. I
1: think teams make business decisions where they say, look at their schedule, and they go, "This is like All the right. worst spot of the year at Utah in the back-to-back. We're going to empty why are the are you bench. Screaming? <laughs>
0: the mic works.
1: So in that case, it's worth, in that particular <laughs> yes. game, it could be worth eight games,
3: eight, eight, eight points. Sure. Yeah, I, thought, I think that's a good point.
0: Well, listen, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> good conversation? Mackenzie, no, we'll wait till next week for your Twitter. I think I think you did all right, but yeah. Much oh, appreciated. We didn't even flip a coin. <laughs> Fez, you, you're going to put out, oh, wait, you got a best bet here, I, right? I got a best bet. All right, well, hey, hold on. Hold the phone.
5: Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Buy up your pen and pencil. I give you a piece of my mind.
0: Go, fetch go.
1: Super Bowl 56. I'm going to take the NFC plus two and a half (laughs) against the AFC. I need help with this, gentlemen. I make this line pick them. I don't understand how we can possibly make the NFC, the AFC, such a significant favorite. Let's look at this past year. Let me tell you, Ah,
0: Patrick Mahomes.
1: Let's talk about Kansas City and Mahomes. So we got a four. What happened last year? We got a 14 and one essentially Kansas City team against a number five seed in the NFC. And the line was three.
0: And Kansas— Oh, hold on, hold on. Tampa Bay, let's let's look. Green Bay was the number one seed. And what was the line in the conference finals? Three. And home field was what? One and a half. All right. So they were saying that Tampa was one and a half worse than the number one seed is a fair way to say Yes. That. Continue.
1: Yes. So this I hope was that like,
0: doesn't derail your analysis. It
1: doesn't derail it at all in that— I think worst case, this is a free roll. If you told me Kansas City's going to make the Super Bowl again, mm-hmm. what's the line going to be on the Super Bowl? I would say probably three would be my – Kansas City minus three would be my my number.
0: But if you told Whoa, me Kansas- – Hold on, hold
2: mm-hmm.
0: on. Wait, is that a rhetorical question or are you asking? I'm asking. To me, it feels like that the two most likely participants in the NFC is Tampa Bay and Green Bay. Mm-hmm. I don't think necessarily, if Tampa made it back as defending champs, they're not going to be getting three probably, right? They might be favored. And Green Bay, you think Aaron Rodgers is getting, th- I would say three seems high, meaning. Given it, those, yeah, yes, yeah, I agree. Right. And I agree. Then, but, but, you know, we never know, but the Rams maybe with Stafford, if they make the Super Bowl, maybe that's three. And again, we're speculating, but go ahead.
1: Yeah, you know Seattle could make it. You know, no, I don't think a, they can. But there's other scenarios. I don't see that happening. But if but if Kansas City doesn't make it, I'm very confident the NFC should be favored.
0: But I thought Baltimore was potentially the greatest team. Out. In fact, we've got some tape on it. Let's listen. <laughs> handicapping. I've never seen such a disparity. One and two is in their own universe. It's almost like a penthouse and there's an empty floor. That was Baltimore.
1: I will welcome the NFC plus two and a half against Baltimore in the Super Bowl. Thank you very much.
0: So you're down on Baltimore now (laughs) because you loved them against the Bills. And couldn't the Bills, some would say the following, the Bills were like, Mm. Jordan's Bulls, you know, trying to beat the door down against the Pistons, they they obviously played poorly in a way that looked like it was nerves. But Josh Allen has proven he bursts through these, you know, li- the limits of each level. He tends to keep going. Couldn't the case be made that Josh Allen just needed that experience? And because let's be candid. In hindsight, I think the Bills were a better team than Kansas City. What we saw in the Super Bowl, you can't take the second half of the NFL season and think Kansas City was better. I agree with that. Even though they won against them, just like in a seven-game NBA series. So aren't the Bills getting better? And is there any reason that Kansas City's getting better? Oh, no. I mean, better than they were in the Super Bowl because of the O-line. Yeah. But maybe, I don't know. Watkins is gone, right? I mean, I think he doesn't have a chance to come back. <laughs>
1: good riddance after
0: <laughs> Yeah, but then who's the second receiver? Hardman. Who?
1: Nicole. I don't even know his first name. Nicole Hardman? What's his first name?
0: Is it the first woman to play wide receiver? Nicole?
3: Nicole. Very oddly spelled name. Like Nicole, but with an M.
0: Okay. And how? what was his stat? I mean, how good is he? He caught two
1: balls in Super Bowl or one ball. He's fast. He returns the punts.
0: Okay, so what I'm saying is that I mean having Watkins as a second receiver was a pretty. I mean, this is a guy. Remember, the Bills did a monster trade up to take him like fifth. This is as pedigree as a wide He's receiver. Really good against the Forty ers in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So I mean, what I'm saying is, and Fisher, you know, how old's Fisher? There, I mean, he might be of the age. He never count. And first of all, Fisher if you look at his grades, was a slightly above-average tackle. I mean... I thought he was good. No, no. I He was, he was like the
3: 18th best tackle, which when oh. you think about it, it's only slightly above average. Oh, okay. He's 30.
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe, right? I don't know. But let's just say this. If he even drops off a little bit, yeah, <laughs> it's better than the Super Bowl lineup. But, I mean, again, I don't... Listen, I took a stand here, and I was right. I don't believe you can just win a bunch of close games all the time. I don't. And they had a half a season. And, again, I think that Raiders game, the Magellan game, we'll call or the post-Magellan game, was the one in which they were as focused as they can be. They were probably as focused as they were because, correct me if I'm wrong, that was off a bye, too. The famous Andy yes. Reid guy. Yes. Yep. So you're sure. off a bye, the greatest bye coach in the history of the NFL. I mean, that is for sure. And you just got beat by someone in conference or in division. And
1: whoever gets the ball last wins is what that game and came there was down one, to.
0: And there was one throw that I think the tight end could have caught, and the Raiders would have been able to kneel out the clock. Again, it's one game. But, man, oh, man, to just say – you know what the truth of the Kansas City Chiefs is is the, the 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 two quarters or so that Mahomes played against the Browns. That is the truth. And the rest of it, you know, they weren't really trying. Isn't that the only way you can say this team was cuz if you typically have a team that won a bunch of close games like that, remember you were like you were taking Tennessee getting or you were fading Tennessee getting points when they were like 6 and 0 or something. What was that last year? Because they won a bunch of close uh-huh. games. Well, what was different? Except what Kansas City had done before, yes. which matters, but come on. The, the Eagles were in the Super Bowl not that long ago. This is all about this Mahomes worship. Hopefully, I'm going to, as a one-man gang, stop that. By the way, they won by 18, the Jazz. They let them off a little bit at the end. So, I'm agreeing with you. I'm just not agreeing it's so Kansas City driven. Mm-hmm. What was the
1: line? line again? NFC plus two and a half. I'm not even sure who should be
0: favored. I would have made it pick them. No, I'll bet you. Because I don't think, I don't want Green Bay. Like, if I say Kansas City, Buffalo, Green Bay, Tampa. Saints are out. Yeah. It's not just quarterback. Their their cap is so bad. The Saints forget the Saints. Forget the Bears. The Rams are the third best team.
3: Yes. It is in SoFi Stadium. Super Bowl 56.
0: Okay. Uh, I mean, uh, point maybe if the Rams make it. So here's the question.
1: 49ers could be really good. (sighs) Ah.
0: Yeah, but they might have the four, they might be the fourth best team meaning I'm going to make the following case. AFC has the best number 1 seed, AFC has the best number 2 and the best number 3. So Kansas City versus who?
1: Packers. You know, I'm going to go Tampa now.
0: All right. Obviously Kansas City's favored, right? Like you said 3, All right?
1: No, I said 3 against the NFC, not three against Tampa. No way they're three against Tampa. No way.
0: Okay. They're favored against Tampa. Yeah. I think Buffalo's favored against Green Bay.
1: I don't think so. If they
0: make the Super Bowl? I think they maybe they should be, but they won't be. Well, then then if they should be, that's what matters, right? Mm. Well, I don't know what about do you, what that. What do you mean? What else would matter? It's not going to be that far off that you're going to be able to middle it. I mean, so what would you – like –
1: if I got plus two and a half, all I need is, like, if, if I got the team that's favorite and to play back plus 105, be happy. Green Bay is going to be favored against Buffalo. I would make a big bet Green Bay-Buffalo. Well, what, what do you
0: think Green Bay-Buffalo would have been this year? Because let's say this, undoubtedly Tampa's up arrow, or I'm sorry, Buffalo's up arrow is better than Green Bay's. Aaron Rodgers is moving towards yeah. 40. He does he he's dispatched with love. There, oh, hold on. He's dispatched with love. You think he's gonna be extra motivated this next year? He gets his MVP. I mean, what I'm saying is, I would expect more towards the, the year minus two than year minus one. We,
1: we can look this up. This was one what? of those one of the Green Bay Buffalo that was that was a one of the hypothetical lines that was put up. Okay. I think it was like. I
0: think well we'll see. Yeah,
1: I think it was we don't have to
0: we don't have to guess. Yep. But my question is, wouldn't you agree that 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 Buffalo seems especially keeping their offensive coordinator, Dayball, is they're up arrow, right? Yes. And how is Green Bay up arrow? The big Shanahan jump happens Mm -hmm. in year two. It happened. Mm -hmm. They still got like whipped. And Aaron Rodgers is almost 40. Like, what gets better? Well, well, I, th- I think what— I'm asking a very specific question. Nothing should get better. All right. So now who do we go to next? The Rams? Yes. Okay.
1: And San Francisco and Seattle.
0: Well, Listen, if if we're worried about the chance of the fifth team making the Super Bowl— Oh, I th-
1: I think you're underestimating. The teams, Team the eighth best team can suddenly become the best team. That what, can certainly happen.
0: When does that happen? happen. I, teams will go from bad to make the playoffs. But since the Pats made the Super Bowl almost every year, I mean, obviously there's not a lot of people Mm -hmm. jumping them, right? To make the Super Bowl was a big deal. I mean, we could do a study on it, but I think usually— It used to be more common.
1: You're right. You know, that's interesting. That's a lot less parity than there There used to be. Like that year that San Francisco played Baltimore, I think both of those teams, you know, kind of came out of nowhere.
0: I mean, it's relative. No, well, hold on. The 49ers were like a top three favorite for like four or five straight years under Harbaugh, and it didn't start that Super Bowl year. Well, I say we bet. So you're saying it's two and a half? Yes. And where is this available at? Westgate. And it's minus 110, minus 110? Mm -hmm. So we'll do even money for a nickel? Absolutely. All right. So I get the AFC minus two and a half. So I get to root for the Bills again. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So do me a favor, Feds. Pull up – let's do this as the last thing as McKenzie's getting this. Pull up the Super Bowl matchups. That will be easy, right, on your computer. And let's say – I mean, we can at least go back five or six years and have an idea what the teams were expected coming in. I just am thinking – I think Carolina that year was a big surprise when they went on a run. Oh, yeah, that's – Yeah. So, other
1: than that, and that's been... Atlanta. That was a pretty big surprise, right?
0: I mean, uh, that's interesting. I think Atlanta probably would have been third through fifth expected coming in. Because they made this... I mean, they were making the playoffs a bunch, but you got it?
3: Packers would have been two-point favorite. That was the expected potential line for this this year's Super Bowl.
0: Over Over Buffalo. Who put that out? Bet online. uh All right. Let's just say uh, any money I'd lose. uh, Well, let me ask you the one last question. And, you know, Fez, we can do this for next week because this has gone long. So you're saying that if you know the line's wrong, you still care about closing line value because you could hedge yourself out. Yes. And you think the line would be wrong enough to hedge yourself out. I got to be honest with you you are better at that kind of thing than me by far, I think it's an insidious thing to think about. The minute you start rationalizing that it doesn't matter if the market's right, I care about the market, unless that's the case a lot, meaning then that could be the game itself is you're trying to beat perception, right? But since that rarely is the case, because if it were, you could just make an easier living betting against that number, right? That wrong number, right? Yes. So, I think kind of, I don't like to even overthink that, but boy, that's a weird way to go about this bat. It seems like you should care about who is gonna win, right?
1: And, and as long as I've got solid CLV, then I, I put it in my but, back but you pocket. You just said
0: it's wrong. Don't so care what you're saying. If you don't hedge it, it's meaningless. Well, I, but I can hedge it. Okay, so it's not just put it in your back pocket, it's you're saying that you are betting that the line's going to be wrong and it will allow you to hedge. Yes. I'm saying that's a convoluted. I understand you think you're right. Anyone who disagrees to people, they both think they're right. That's why they disagree. I'm saying stop with the howdy doody face and the smiles and the yes, yes. And listen to me. Do you think knowing, put yourself in the minds, in the habits of a typical batter who's aspiring to be, a winner, or he's a winner. He wants to be a a big win, or you know whatever he wants to improve, and he thinks we're offering him value there. It feels like the whole closing line value, I would almost say canard, but I don't think it's a canard most of the time. I think it matters most of the time, but there's times that the the, the, the line's just so wrong in the illiquid markets. Now, the super and the other time I and stop me where you disagree. The other time the line's wrong, I think, is specifically potentially the Super Bowl because it's such a public bet. Do you see it being dangerous for a better to say, Well, I think the line's going to be this? And the only way you would know, well, I guess you would know when you're thinking that cause a misperception, right? because if you think you have the right side then you don't think the line is going to be wrong if it's going to back you. Here you're saying I think I know that the line is going to be wrong because I can read what the public's going to do or at least what the bookmakers think the public's going to do. And because of that, I have a good bet. I don't know, it feels convoluted to me and meaning that that you can navigate that, it just feels dangerous.
1: It is dangerous.
0: How so? Like because I don't think I'm explaining it very well.
1: Well, my whole Thesis, if you will, the only reason for making ma- mantra is that the only way this bet is bad, more than likely, is if Kansas City makes the Super Bowl. All right? If Kansas City doesn't make the Super you Bowl—
0: What do you put the Bills win total to be next year? 10.75. So that would be second or third? I mean— Normally that would be number one. This year it would have been number. What was Kansas City this year? Eleven and a half. Okay, and what what do you think? Eleven next year for Kansas City? No, I think eleven and a half again. They went Uh, fourteen and one. Yeah, but they were very, but effectively. I mean, Green Bay went thirteen and three Mm -hmm. last year, or you know. It's a great 19. point. Yeah. And you, if I recall, you were saying you thought it should be eight
1: this year. Yeah. I liked, un- I bet under nine. Yeah.
0: So, how doesn't Kansas City get the same treatment? They had more close wins
1: because they won the Super Bowl the year before.
0: Okay. So, we're now literally going to be 24 months removed for that before the regular. Yeah. Almost- but people are going
1: to look at that three.
0: Street- so, we're back to I- the idea that we're not actually trying to grade what the line should be, we're trying to guess what the public's going to make it. Mm-hmm.
1: And the pros, the pros are going to look back at the history. Oh, the dumb pros. It's an organization that hey, it's not the dumb pros. It, it, I don't think this is illogical to say. Wait a minute, Kansas City's made three straight you know, AFC title games, and they've you know won twelve games each and every year.
0: Well, under that theory, then it wouldn't be illogical to say Baltimore sucks in the playoffs. But you've been fighting against that too, then now.
1: That i that I I have not been fighting against. Well, what do you mean?
0: You had the Bills. You loved the Ravens against the Bills.
1: I bet the Ravens.
0: I know. Yeah. So what do you mean you haven't been fighting it? The hardest team in the NFL versus the shitty team in the playoffs. Yeah. And Spence says. I was making
1: excuses after Spence I lost. says, let's
0: get the rubber band out, baby. I'm betting. <laughs> All right. That's the place to leave it. <laughs> Talk to you next week. But first, Dave Essler. Remember, that's Dave underscore Esler on Twitter, E-S-S. LER, one of our pregame pros. Dave's going to be out here within, within the month to battle. We'll get Maddie Holden for that one for sure.
5: I'm betting the 76ers to win the Eastern Conference at plus 550. And to be honest, what put me onto this is the fact that at some shops, both Philadelphia and the Nets are plus 110 just to win the Atlantic. And yet Brooklyn is just plus 160 to win the East. What's wrong here? And Bede's having an MVP season. He's shooting 54%. In his first four years, he was never over 49. If politics are taken out, he's the MVP right now, and it doesn't suck to have Dwight Howard as your backup center. Simmons will do what he does, which this season is shoot 56%. And although he and Embiid get all the attention, Tobias Harris leads the team in minutes. He's averaging 21 points a game. Since when does a top 30 scorer get more overlooked? The knock had always been Philadelphia can't win on the road. And in fact, it was a fact. This season, they're a game under 500 on the road but only two teams in the East are over 500 on the road. One of them is the Bulls. That doesn't count. And until a three-game losing streak out West, they were over 500 on the road. And for my purposes, I don't care what they do out West. I care what they do against the East. And against Eastern Conference teams right now, they're at least five games better than both the Nets and the Bucks in the East. So I will take the 76ers plus 550 to win the Eastern Conference.
0: I was called Doogie Hauser at various points, but it was not a compliment. <laughs> oh, Doogie.
1: Did you watch that show? I did.
0: You loved it, did you? Of
1: course. It? It's geeky. Young
0: doctor. Of course, you I like think, it. Did you think, like, I wonder if I'm as Doogie? No. Oh, come on. He, like, went to college when he was 12. But you were thinking, oh, that's fake. And if they really had a real Doogie... That I, you know, you'd be like, dude. No, I'm too naive. You're too naive. I so, believed it. I
1: believed it was viable.
0: Well, I think it is. It's just, you know, I think it's viable that, that a, a prodigy could do the academics. Uh, I don't think it's viable that he'd be able to navigate. You know, I think he had a living girlfriend, <laughs> Wanda. Now, how do I remember Wanda. Mm. My best buddy George l- had a big crush on Wanda. She was, she was, uh, she was vaguely of mys- mysterious lineage. What does that mean? <laughs> Do you know what mysterious means? Yeah, like uncertain. Do you know what I, vaguely means? Yeah, it's uh, un- uncertain, but it's like almost. M- yeah, it's, it's something that we don't have for, there's, 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 not, there's information that could um, offer insight that is being withheld, mm. right? Yes. And vaguely means I'm not quite sure why, if you say vaguely in front of it, you're kind of just mitigating and saying it's not exactly this, but it's a vaguely mysterious, and what's lineage? Just your ancestors. Exactly. You got a picture of Wanda there, Mackenzie? Yeah, I'll throw it up. Maybe we'll make maybe we'll make Fezzik tweet out a picture of Wanda and say, man, did I have a crush on her? Do you remember Wanda? I don't. Are you sure you're not gay?
1: I remember Cheryl Add <laughs> and Cheryl Teagues. So, you, so I'm okay.
0: No, but they were like 40 years old when you were a kid. That's the weird part. Like kids are supposed to be attracted to kids, <laughs> not like Forty-year-old women. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's like the milf thing or whatever, but I don't think little kids should have that, should they? I was all right with it. So you, uh, now that's interesting. We won't get into it, but did you always like older women? No.
1: They weren't like older. They were like in their twenties. How I old mean, were you? I was like fifteen, I think. When
0: yeah, do you understand yeah. that they, they're like, like they could be almost be your mother. I mean, like a couple of years, and and let. So you were 15 in what year? 1978. How old was Cheryl at in 1978, please? Jeez, you're old. Whew.
1: Hey, I saw Cheryl at up in Tahoe like 10 years ago, and she looked great.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm sure the modeling gigs. She's just turning them all down. <laughs> she was 27. Yeah, she was almost your mom's age. What was wrong with you? Wow. Think about that. I mean, if your mom was 12. (laughs) What do you think? Would you agree that Wanda? Now, you got to get one that's contemporaneous to Doogie Howser. So I think there's a picture with Doogie in the, yeah, perfect.
3: Yeah, a little uh, racially ambiguous for sure. Yeah, maybe some Asian in there. Any whatever mix it is, I like it. I'm a fan. Yeah, exactly,
0: <laughs> exactly. And somehow you remembered Doogie and his scrubs and mm-hmm. whatever. You remembered what was his name's Max because he played on the Sopranos, but what was his name on the show? But I remember Wanda, his buddy. What was his buddy's name? You don't remember I'm that? I'm drawing a
1: complete blank. All I remember was Doogie. Vinny Del Pino, played oh, by Max Benny. Casella.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, Max was big on this. Oh, you know, he was the dude that put Artie Bucco's hand in the hot sauce. And and the episode I remember most about Vinny was when Vinny got a job at a fast food place, right? And Doogie, and he lost the job. But right? He was a typical 15-year-old. And Doogie was just dogging him, no pun intended. And he's like, how can you, know, you're so irresponsible. I've got to do rounds and blah, blah, blah. So then he says, well, how about this? I'll bet you you couldn't hold a job at, you know, McDonald's, but it wasn't, you know, for two weeks. And I'll bet you your VCR. So Doogie shows up, at the hat on. And the guy's like, you're so stupid, Hauser. <laughs> you know, screaming at him about the French fries. And Doogie's trying to offer advice on how to you know, be more efficient. Let's just say Venny had a VCR at the end. Mm. <laughs> and it taught you that there's different kinds of intelligence. You've heard of, like, emotional intelligence?
1: I've heard of it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's pretty funny. I got to be honest with you, Steve. You had a great line. About Tom Brady, we'll talk about the line. And then, you know, it's pretty funny there. But as we end the show, and next week we'll have, thankfully, a best bet in the uh, one double a. <laughs> I don't remember it, FCS? Yeah. Yep. But what is it that, uh, but here's what we know. We can debate Wanda, vague lineage, but this is what we know about you. I mean, case closed. Talk to you next week.